Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right, guys. Anybody that stumbled across this call, this is kind of our midnight sidebar that we do once every week or so, normally on Thursday nights here at Tactical Sovereignty. So... And if you want to listen in and see some of the things that people are working, things that are um, happening, things that are not working, then uh, you might find some interest in this. But uh, this is just kind of a roundtable chat. So other than that, we've got a couple of members with us right now, and it's just going to be kind of an open conversation this evening. Yeah, Rance, you know, you said that stuff hadn't worked for you in the past. The thing that Harvey Dent sent that you just put on, right? What are you talking about? Yeah, right. That thing from uh, uh, Harvey. No, I tried it three different times now, and it's not working. All right, and uh, for people that don't have a background in this, what we're talking about is. Uh, Using the routing number off from the Social Security card for uh, discharging bills. And uh, they're not so you can go out and buy a gold necklace or anything like that. It's like take care of your utilities, that kind of thing. Needs, actual needs, because that's what's supposed to be getting taken care of. Due to Public Law 7310, known as HDR 192, i.e., the Gold Repeal Act. So. Um, uh, are are we using the number? I'm I'm thinking about trying that. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow. And are we using the number on the back, adding a zero, or are we using the routing number and then the, the actual social number? Well, what I see people doing right now is uh, somebody was talking about it yesterday, so I supplied them with all the routing numbers, and they mm-hmm. immediately jumped. They immediately jumped on it, and they've had like three different bills. One was like a cell phone, and then maybe a utility or something that um, so far is showing up as being paid. They've been paid mm-hmm. off. Uh, what's, being used, what's being used is uh, the routing number that coincides with that letter on the back and then mm-hmm. using the, then using the uh, social without dashes uh, as the account number. Because years ago, Social Security cards, it used to say account number, and then it had the Social Security number. But they, they took those words account number off from the Social Security cards. Okay. What are the numbers on the back? What do they represent then? Well, that's my question because there's only eight of those numbers. Right. And for a um, for an account number, it has to be nine numbers. Right. It, and so, you know, somebody had said, oh, well, you use whatever number corresponds with the letter. Like if it's an A or a B, you'd use one or two. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's essentially 14 Federal Reserve banks, two of which are in uh, Texas. And so now what do you do when you get up to numbers uh, like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14? What do you use? Right. You know what I mean? Right. 
right. you can't like combine them like you do in numerology and turn a 14 into a five because there's already a five, you know. Um, right. And some people said that they used a zero in place of um, that missing number at the front. The last, the last digit. Oh, in front. In front, right. So, and I thought about that too. What would it go in front, or maybe it would go in the back? Who knows? Yeah. So that's why well, I did. Not... I... Oh, go ahead, Rance. Good. I did try it that way on one of my miscellaneous bills. It went through, but within three days, it was kicked back out. Which which way did you try it? I tried it just the routing number with the letter, and then I tried it with that, that account number. No zeros in front of it, just that account number. The eight numbers? Yes, because some banks only had eight account numbers. Did, did you try it with the phone security number without dashes? <laughs> Yep, I tried it that way just tonight three times, and they didn't accept it that way. Have you corrected your status and all that, or are you have you have you noticed, you know, the treasury and all that? I have noticed the U.S. I have, yeah, I noticed uh, Munchkin with the copy of my birth certificate, which I never heard that nothing back from him on that, mm-hmm. and I have. Uh, Basically, all I have done is uh, DBA and authenticated birth certificates. Okay. So you tried it also with your with your SOCH after you did it with the eight digits? Yeah, I just tried it tonight just with that, the SOCH without dashes, and it didn't go through. Was it the same account that you were trying to do? It's the same pay, paying the same bill? Yep. So you tried the, uh, the same the same bill five or six times, kind of. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay, I've got a question: Is that bill within or with outside of the ninety day uh, past due mark? Uh, it's not past due. Well, one of them is. One of them's uh, sixty past due, but. They're saying it's not past due, but my calculation it is past due. It's just a like direct TV bill. Because what I'm looking at with past due stuff is because there's insurance attached to everything. This whole world is run on insurance. So if it's uh, 90 days past due, they've already hit the insurance, uh, whatever account, and the insurance has covered it, which is i.e. basically through the treasury. So the treasury is going, hey, we already paid this once. What's going on here? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, as of right now, I try not to have any of my bills past due until I can get them all straightened around. <laughs> um, I've got a question. Maybe, Sheila, you could answer this for me. You know, I've heard people talk, and I, I know there's multiple different types of um, certificates of live birth even out there. I mean, we know there's a long form and stuff, but I've heard about, you know, a book entry copy and stuff like that. And I've heard people talk about, like, the numbers on the back of the, of the uh, certificate of live birth, which mine don't have any. 
And mm-hmm. I was Me curious either. as to what. Yeah, I was curious if anybody knows what numbers they're referring to because they're because I know that there's actually uh, two trust accounts set up. There's your birth certificate trust account, and then there's the Social Security trust account. Right. But so, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I've I've never run across uh, numbers on the back of a birth certificate, but I'm pretty limited in my experience. Most of the stuff that I've been dealing with is California. Um, I don't know if you guys have the the SKU numbers or the you know, like the scan numbers on the bottom of your birth certificates when you get those. We have those here. Those are the red numbers. Uh, it's like a, a barcode. It's got numbers of it. Yeah. Well, okay. I yeah. think they're gonna just keep track of each each note that they send out or whatever. Right. Every time anybody puts an inquiry in, that number bounces up one. Yep. Exactly. And mine mine mine's gone up by I don't know astronomical amounts, millions. Really. In a year, in one year, it did. Yeah. Huh. Well, I had an interesting thing happen. <clears throat> I had a. Uh, sale date on uh, my discharged lien yesterday or Wednesday. Oh, yeah, I thought it was yesterday. And um, normally I have to give them some paperwork to postpone it. But last time uh, they do that, they do it like every 21 or 30 days. They try to do a, a public lien sale. Um, and last time I gave uh, the the agent the 3949A IRS form. <laughs> and uh, I listed the CEO uh, personally on that, and uh, so that was about whatever a month ago. And then I had gotten a letter from the servicer, and they actually did my name correctly in the correct style. And uh, so I opened it. Everything else I've been sending back, and uh, they had a little letter, you know, thank you for your correspondence or whatever. And and then it was concern number one. Uh, IRS form three nine four nine eight. We're not sure what we want or what you want us to do with this. <laughs> what did you, them. What did you give that? that to? What did you I give, give the thirty nine forty nine eight to? I gave it to the the trustee service who's actually performing the sale. Yeah, that's supposed to go only to the treasury. That only goes to the IRS. I'm sorry, I gave them a copy of it. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't? But that, no, absolutely not. Because what that is, is that's kind of a whistleblower form where right. you're telling the IRS that you think there's fraud going on and they need to look into it. And right. then the CID, the CID department, within like 10 days, will jump on it. Yeah, no, I sent it to them. Yeah, I wouldn't have given them a heads up on it. Well, I already turned in two fifty million million administrative defaults on them to the CID. So for some reason, they <laughs> keep on. For some reason, they keep wanting to have these sales. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, concern number two was, we'd like to talk to you and discuss this, but we don't have permission to reach you or to call you. <laughs> I was like, welcome to my world, you know, no non-response, you know. Right. And and then, uh, anyway, it was kind of interesting. I'm not really worried about it because, you know, I mean, this is the first time they've paid attention to any paperwork. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Once they saw that third and four nine a, I'm sure they freaked out. Yeah, I mean now maybe they'll actually look at everything that I've sent them over the last five years. You know, 
So um, anyway. Now you got me freaked out that I gave it to him. Yeah, I yeah, I wouldn't be freaked out about it. I'm just saying I wouldn't have done that. Right. You know, because um if somebody's blowing a whistle on them, I wouldn't want them to know who it is. You know. But right. the IRS would contact them regarding what it's over. Because on that on the three nine four nine A you would list uh, like the case number or anything like that, you know what I mean? That way they'd be able to look into it. Right. Well, they've got to be, um, I don't know, like I said, I already turned in two $50 million administrative defaults against them to the CID. So I just have a lot of heat on me right now, and their uh, code enforcement and stuff has been coming after me and you know, trying to shut them down. So I really don't want the land to be taken out of my name at the you know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, really, but two of the the bidders that showed up at the uh, at the sale both had uh, one of them whatever they were limping. One of them had a cane. The other one had a big old cast on his foot. And I was like, <laughs> Karma's a bitch, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, so they they're only send, they're only sending the wounded after you. <laughs> <laughs> Something I don't know. What we we can lose. We can lose these guys. They're already wounded. <laughs> yeah. One of them has a sheriff, sheriff's shirt on. I'm like, Jesus, you guys. But whatever. I just popped in to make sure it was postponed and popped out. So Anyway, the, and there's a, a Federal Reserve cease and desist order against Deutsche Bank, which I just found out that was issued May 30th, and they're the alleged beneficiaries of everything, too. So I don't even know why these guys are, keep going. I mean, it's like they, they don't even have a mind. You know, they're just going, you know? Well, um, Hartford talks about, and I mentioned this to you also, Rance, uh, talks about entering a, uh, or filing a notice of interest on whether, whatever property it is. And yeah, I did. Says, I did. Yeah, I did that. They ignore all that stuff. They ignored it, the notice of interest? Notice of intent to preserve an interest. Yeah, I, I mean, my my, you know, this alleged lien has already been discharged in federal bankruptcy court before this new third party debt collector acquired it. It's just it's so ridiculous. So. Um, sure. Did, did you hear our call on Sunday, the group call? I don't think so. Because that's what it was about. Was actually it was about um, uh, Roberta who went after a mortgage. Oh, I did. I did. I, I I listened to part of that. I didn't finish it, though. I guess I can go back yeah. and listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the main part was towards the end. Yeah. Um, because what happened is that she found um, the mortgage or the bond, whatever, actually listed with the Security and Exchange Commission. Mm-hmm. And she went and presented that to him. And she said, how do you answer for this? Mm-hmm. Because th- this shows that everything's taken care of, and this is being sold on the market. And yeah. when she did that, the next day, um, the court received a letter from the mortgage handler or whoever, received a letter from them saying that... Um, they were giving up their claim. Interesting. So that was she was in a judicial state. 
Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Is North Carolina, is that correct, Grant? Yeah. That's correct, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's been interesting, that's for sure. I think having the correct status did you get that exemplification of the country playing? Brian? I'm sorry, what was that? Did you get that exemplification that I sent you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, just a little bit ago, I was going and writing some notes and some things that I found, and I noticed in those notes I had that listed right in there, which I've got many pages of notes on different things, so I thought it's kind of funny it was right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had to go through some weird. I had to like send it to you twice through some something box. Yeah, I didn't come through the first time, but it did the second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that because that's pretty pretty new. So I think basically, you know, uh, it's pretty clear even in the 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 de facto system, you know, whatever in their own system. Um, Uh, I remember uh, here a couple months ago. And the leader or somebody was saying something about there might be a step everybody's missing when they're doing the name change. Yes, I talked to Jane about that today. <coughs> Excuse me, and they were saying, or she said that you get some kind of a certificate. It's got a race seal and you know, blah 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 on it. And I, I told her what I had got, and she goes, "Well, I think I think you're good. <laughs> you know, it's got five right. or three race seals and three seals and three weddings on it." So. Right, and that's what I thought when I saw your uh, exemplification. I'm like, yeah, that's probably exactly what she was talking about right there. Yeah, yeah, I think David had talked to Trial or something. So, um, Cool. So I'm going to try that out with my cell phone bill uh, tomorrow, and I think I'll just use the routing number with my letter and then the SOCH with no dashes. See how well, I'm watching, a couple pe- I'm watching a couple people doing it. And it looks like uh, they're just doing it all right over the computer. Yeah. It's it's an ACH. Well, I think I can just do it on the phone too, right? Enter your routing number, your checking account number. Yeah, as long as you have the uh, automated service to do it, don't do it talking to a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just want to do my phone bill and maybe the utilities or something. That would be helpful. Now, I don't know what company you have, or take, but uh, do you know by doing it on the phone, there's an extra fee of $10? Oh, um, yeah, I don't know if it's $10. I, I mean, it's just a, t- a cell phone and the utilities. I don't know if they charge a cell phone company probably does, but I don't know. Has anybody tried like car payments or anything like that? And if you did yes. the car pay- car payment, you just do there one is, payment. Yes, the one guy is trying is, did try the car payment and it went through, but it don't know if it's got reversed yet or not. He's still waiting to find out. Is that the guy who posted, uh, or somebody posted the YouTube, I think, on Tactical Sovereignty? Kind of sounds, his style's a little bit like Eon's. Uh, it's not Eon. Oh, I know it's not oh, Eon, yeah. but 
yeah, yeah. he kind of yeah, styles a little bit like that. And then he showed a copy of his statement for his car payment or something. Is that the same one? Anyway. Um, no, actually, he did that. He did post that. So did, uh, oh, what's his name? Something Freedom. Freedman, Freeman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the guy. Um, but the other guy that's trying it is Harvey Dent. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm really feeling like it's all over. The whole rat race thing. Well, and one of one of the things Zion is talking about, which is Brett Jones, is um, actually accessing the insurance that's attached to the mortgage. Because that that's actually what gets defaulted. Like if somebody gets behind on their payments or doesn't make their payments or quits, whatever, mm-hmm. is that the insurance isn't getting paid. So it's just like your car. If you're not paying the insurance payments on your vehicle. And they report it to the state, da-da-da, they yank the driver's license, all that bullshit, the registration, they yank all that stuff. Well, it's essentially the same thing with the mortgage. It's not that the payment itself isn't getting made, but within that payment, a chunk of that monthly payment goes to the monthly mortgage insurance payments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what's, what's, what the problem is is that um, the insurance isn't being covered. And that's where the default comes in at. Uh, and what, so what Aeon's doing is contacting the insurance company, and he's stating his own claim because people will not pay the mortgage payment for various reasons, you know, mm-hmm. uh, lose their job or whatever the case may be. You know, tragedy happens in their life. But um, so he is going about from that direction, contacting the mortgage insurance company and filing a claim with them. Uh, to take care of the mortgage. Nice. Now, is that the same thing as a PMI insurance? Um, yeah. That... P- well, PMI insurance is usually uh, an additional policy that's required by the lender when the loan-to-value is 90% or more. So if your house is worth you're buying a house for $100,000 and you're getting a $92,000 loan, you would need PMI. It's, it's, it's an acronym for private mortgage insurance. But if it was $89,000, they wouldn't require PMI. But all of those loans, I mean, they do hedge bets on them anyway, so they're all insured. So once you hit a 90-day mark of default, the insurance pays it in full. I think you're right, Brian, the but the insurance payments aren't being made, but that's kind of an oxymoron because it's all fake anyway. But um, yeah, I just, I just mentioned that because my PMI insurance is four hundred ninety-five dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. A month. Yeah. Wow. Well, how long have you been in your house? Oh, what's it been, five years, six years? <laughs> what was the original purchase price in your original loan? 150, it was supposed to be 152, five, 
and after I did a modify that I had to come up with ten grand with, um, it boosted it up to one sixty. And how much is it worth? Uh, the state equalized value is like two twenty. Uh, well, you could, if if you're interested, you could probably contact the PMI insurance company and tell them that you want to have the property reappraised because the the PMI is only supposed to be on on high loan to value ratios, so ninety percent and more. So if you've got you know twenty percent equity or or nine or eighty nine percent or whatever, 11% equity in it. They shouldn't add that PMI on it. It's really for, it's really like for people getting 100% finance. Yeah, I, I, I've been through the township. I've been through the, because my mortgage has been sold five times already. Right. That doesn't necessarily change the, the value of it, but I'm saying if you, if you want to go after that PMI insurance, because that's a lot to pay every month. Especially, oh yeah, I mean, my payment my my payment is seventeen hundred dollars a month. Altogether. Okay. Perfect. And it keeps going it keeps going up. I got a forty year term with this stupid modification, like I said, which I had to come up with ten grand before they would even do the modification. That's insane. I'm so sorry. Uh just uh, let me cut in here for a second. Um, this, this Thursday night call is normally instigated by like Eric and Christine and them. I don't know if they're on here yet or not. Are you guys here? Or Cal? Yeah, Cal's here. Hey, how you doing, Cal? Hey, Brian. Chelsea is yeah. having problems getting in, so she still continue to try. Okay, well, she can try over the talk shoe link or over the uh, Uber number. Okay. I sent both of those to you, I think. Better know if that don't work to use the YouTube one. Sure, not, not YouTube, Uber. Uber? Yeah, yeah, she's trying to Uber one. You can't get into that one. Well, that's Hey Eric, how you doing, bro? Pretty good, man. I was I was overhearing uh, about the uh, the back of the number behind the certificate of life birth. That what right. you guys were talking about earlier. Yeah. Okay. And have have people had success using that as a like a checking account? Um. Well, there's a guy on YouTube, Harvey Dent. He's been doing it the past few days, and he he's got. Uh, one that got rejected, but three others that are still showing paid. Um, there's another member of uh, Tackle Sovereignty that uh, she was asking about it yesterday morning. So I sent her all of the um, routing numbers for the Federal Reserve Banks, and she jumped right, right on it. And so far, everything she's done is showing it being paid as well. But you know, you got to get it. Beg your pardon? Is that Dixie? Well, um, I, I wasn't mentioning any names purposely. Oh, I'm sorry. 
no problem. <laughs> um, I, I I don't know what she's doing or whatever, but um, yeah. So th- there's a few people that are getting on it, and I mean, it, uh, there was a call that I did a couple months ago where uh, a gentleman that was on the call, this topic came up, and he said that he had taken care of his student loan debt doing that. Was it Donovan? No, definitely wasn't. Did he do it in a a one lump sum? Yep. Yep. Dang. Now, let's see. What's that? I said, just to interrupt a little bit, that guy you're talking to, Brian, uh, he wants to come back on and talk about that bank thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was him that said that he had done it with his student loan. It was uh, somebody else. Somebody that's got a call on, like, Mondays, if you know who I mean. Okay, I thought you were talking about about the guy from Michigan. Right. No, but uh, the other gentleman came on on that same call. I believe it was that same call. But, yeah, we do need to do a bank call um, with my friend from Michigan. Is, is, it sounds kind of like how, uh, you know, some people were were doing the uh, the back of the Social Security number. Right. Well, that's what we were talking Yeah, that's what we were talking about before you came on. That's actually what's used. Now, that number on the back, I, I'm iffy on what that number really is, though, because it's mm-hmm. eight digits. You know what I mean? And generally, generally account numbers are nine digits. Not all of them are, but generally they are nine digits. But using that letter in front to find out what the routing number is and then using that in conjunction with uh, the Social Security without dashes because that, that then the layout of that would look exactly like what the bottom of, say, a personal check would look like. You know, where you've got your routing number and account number listed at the bottom of it. Actually, it's the account, then the routing. But, yeah. And this is actually where the whole accepted for value movement kind of was born from, was that back in the late 70s and early 80s, a lot of people were doing the accepted for value stuff on their student loan debts. And they were getting all their student loan debts discharged. And um, once once again, you know, powers that be stepped in and put a stop to it or they put a little twist in it how, you know, the process needs to be done. So the except for value thing kind of quit working for people. And a lot of people started thinking, oh, they had to have the UCCs filed and stuff like that. But, you know, none of those people back then even knew what the UCC crap was. So, so you guys were talk, talking the whole time about the number behind the Social Security number or the number behind the Certificate of Life Birth? Uh, initially, the number behind on the back side of the Social Security card and the letter that's attached. Okay. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I've heard of two people doing that, and it works for a few months, but then it kicks back. That's, that's, that's kind of what I've heard. Well, I've got a friend that's working with somebody right now that he's been doing it for about 10 years. And wow, she's still working on it. Did he do any process with, with the maybe the birth certificate? I mean, not the birth certificate, but the social security or any kind of process that maybe some somebody hasn't done yet? Well, like I was going to continue saying, when she gets finished with everything that she's doing with him and gets taught by him, uh, she's going to divulge that information. But right now she wants to make sure she's got everything complete before she starts giving out little pieces here and pieces there. Because that's the problem everybody has with so many things is they only hear a little piece or two and then they run with it. Uh, that makes sense. What about um? Have you had any experience with the like uh, removing credit card debt? Oh, yeah, I've I've done several of those, and that's not really too big of a deal. I mean, there's a couple yeah. different ways of going about it, but I mean, you can try and play their court game and stuff like that, and you can call their bluff in court. Uh, I did that on one or two of them. And uh, generally, they always just walk away. I've only received a um, 1099-C from one company. 1099-C? Yep. Cancellation. Okay. Did you, Brian, did you want to keep this um, conversation and this topic kind of specific to the Social Security and finance stuff or is it open? No, it, no, it can drift. That's fine. It can go to natural flow. They, they okay. normally do. <laughs> Does anybody have any experience with um, trying to get some time to study, but I've been really inundated with people on um, um, what documents to file into court cases once they've kind of run their course, but, you know, now that the status has been corrected and, and the, everything's been turned into the Internal Revenue Service for identity fraud and, you know, full balancing um, for some, some other people. Or actually, I have got a couple of court cases where they, you know, did some stuff. I know they went hit my bonds and stuff like that. What am what am I supposed to, you know, the W nine or ten ninety nine A OID or C? I'm not really clear on any of that. Does anybody have any experience with that? It's not a cancellation of a debt, you know, because it's already. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I'll tell you what I'm doing as far as that stuff goes, because a lot of that is stuff that uh, people that are doing the UCC and everything. That's stuff right. that they're doing. And uh, let me pull out the form that I'm sending off to find debtors or supposed debtors or whatever. 
So would the, would the <clears throat> court be considered a, a debtor just the same? Well, the the courts are, to me, the way it looks is like they're acting in receivership. Well, the Treasury is in receivership for the national debt, for the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And the courts are working on behalf of them. See what I mean? Um, not really. I mean, because the courts have got their second set of books and they're working on behalf of themselves. I mean, they're not... Well, yeah. Not... Right. They've got another set of books going. I mean, none, none of this stuff is within um, the corporation is streamlined or anything like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everybody along the way through the process is grabbing their piece of the pie. Right. You know, um, they, they all want, um, you know, it's like I, I remember uh, when I got killed in a car accident and I was told it was going to be a year before I walked, two years before I got back to work. And my accident was in October, beginning of October. Um, Come November, I was out of a coma. And come February, first week of February, which was my goal, I was back to work. When I went back to work, I was on an Indian reservation, and the casino manager came up to me at the table. Actually, the casino manager himself came up. We had four big pits. It was a big place. And he said, um, yeah, he says, you can go ahead and work tonight. Don't worry about anything. He says, but the sheriff's station uh, said they want us to notify them when you come back to work. So if you would, could you do that on your own? Well, Hmm. when I went into court for that, the judge said to me, he says, well, you know, he said, I really thought to see you get wheeled in here in a body bag, but, which is what he did see. He said, at that time, I didn't know any of this stuff. But he said, the state needs its pound of flesh, too. The state needs what? The the state needs its pound of flesh also. Oh. And that's what it is. You know, everybody wants a chunk. Everybody wants to grab a chunk along the way. You know what I mean? Right. But anyway, to go back to what you were saying a couple minutes ago, uh, one of the things that I've included into just a general letter that would go to, like, anybody that's trying to hit the account or anybody that is trying to send um, a notice of so-called debt or anything like that, if they want any performance out of you, uh, part of what I put into the letter is I list, I, I say that I know that you're contacting me um, thinking that I am a resident of such and such a town, and I list that town's Dun & Bradstreet number, and and I say who is a subsidiary of the all-capital United States, and I list their Dunson Bradstreet number. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And... I notify them that I know this is a commercial process. Right. Uh, which it kind of it changes the jurisdiction of things. You know what I mean? Mhm. And it gives them a heads up that you know you're not just the stupid Joe six pack that they encounter every day. Right. So yeah, I mean, and as far as that, and I I tell them. I tell them in there that they need to include 
Um, the uh, where do I have it? Uh, file number. Um, but they need to include information for me to do the 1099 submissions, um, which would require copies of the W-9. Right. So right there they see that, all right, the IRS is going to be notified regarding the process that they're trying to pull on somebody. Right. Now, so, and, and that's the limit of, well, I really do. I mean, as far as filing UCC one and then the addendum three and all that, you know, I haven't messed with. Okay, so they're actually the courts that are actually supposed to give you a W nine, and then you right. give a ten ninety nine C basically and cancel it. Right. Then you. And that's that what they're the they're not doing because that's that's right. where they're. Okay. Okay, that cleared it up because that's kind of what I was was feeling, but I wasn't. Uh, sure about that and now that I have the exemplification from the CEO clerk ex officio <laughs> I'm going to give that back to him on documents that he's already bound himself to basically so. right well, my, my line of thought is that if they know the process that I plan on um, using to expose them that they're just going to back away right you would hope you know, I mean, it's it's kind of mind-blowing to me. I mean, like, especially with, like, the, you know, third-party debt collector. I mean, it, they say it on the phone when you call. It's kind of funny because all the call, calls are routed to India. And I can tell these people are rooting for me over there in India. <laughs> but uh, it, so they did, were saying... Did you request a, a W-9? Your lady, did you request a W-9 from the, from the courthouse? Not yet. No, I've... Uh, no, I've a, you know, it's it's whatever fire is the hottest, you know. So I've been dealing with housing issues lately, and so um, you know, I'm hoping that it's all going to come around uh, full circle, which I, I feel that it has, because I think I'm going to have them pretty much cornered, even in their own game, and then also having a completely corrected status in probate and on the public record that's, you know, kind of irrefutable. I'm surprised they're still harassing me, to be, to be honest. And, I, I mean, I even sent them the letter, you know, it's like I'm trying to help you guys out here, you know, for contempt of courts, for copyright violations, you know, trying to, you know, stop. You're hurting yourself, <laughs> you know. But, I I'd know. recommend going back and listening to um, the last part of the Sunday call. Okay. Where Roberta was talking about, um, because all she did, you know, you know, she looked around all these different places, wanted, you know, $1,000 here, $500 here, oh, we'll fix it for you. But though in the meantime, she saw that they were all having problems of their own. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she was a lot like I am. She just sat and Googled stuff until she found what she was looking for. And when right. she stumbled across her account, uh, listed with the Security and Exchange Commission, she was like, now i found what I need. And it seemed to me, from what she had said, that really seemed to be the hot button. The the mortgage, you mean? Right. Yeah. It's really interesting to me, I mean, because I did all that years ago, like five or six years ago, and had the Bloomberg report, and my mortgage was in 17 different trusts. 
and um, that was turned mm-hmm. into the, the courts and everything too, and just ignored. But that was a long time ago. Things are different now. But I'm not really worried about it. Well, even 17 years ago, a lot of people at that time, maybe that saw the stuff, didn't even really know what they were looking at, and maybe today they do. Right. Yeah, I think I might actually call the servicing company and talk to them. But well, already, I think it's funny. It's already too late. You know, I, I turned in everything to the identity theft and to the Internal Revenue Service, and I, I sent them a, a dollar coin to... Um, oh, yeah, and why don't, you, why don't you tell people about that coin you sent in? It was somebody else's idea, and I just decided to do it, too. Um, so you send in the uh, the 1040V, the voucher, and I did it for 2016. I haven't filed taxes, and I haven't had any income for for a long time. I mean, not like four, five, six years, seven years, something like that. So I haven't been filing regular taxes, but nobody's reporting on the social either. Um, and so I sent the 1040V in, and I taped a $1 coin for to settle the account, basically to be in tax compliant with the Internal Revenue Service. And then I sent that to the um, Criminal Investigation Division for identity theft and a couple of administrative defaults that I had done. Um, so you know, and gifted it to the Treasury for the reduction of public debt. I didn't, I don't want any of it. And um, they sent me a receipt back for a dollar, which I thought was nice. <laughs> and um, you know, hopefully they're they're doing their job. So I mean, I don't I don't want anything. I just really just want to be left alone. I'm not trying to make a living off of fiat currency. But you know, the people that are you know need to get checked a little bit. Oh yeah, exactly. But uh, the one the key point though that I want to bring up is they sent you a receipt back for mm-hmm. that coin. Yep. Which means they accepted it. There was a conveyance done there. Yep. Yeah, and it's coin for coin, right? Right. Now, you know, that couples with something else that I was thinking uh, earlier today. Um, Thinking back, it might have been a call with uh, our friend from Michigan, and maybe what he said or somebody else had said was that, when they were working on the process in court, one of the things they'd done, oh, it was an older lady, that she had gone and say it was a $10,000 situation, all right? Uh, she wrote up her note for $12,000 and submitted that to the court and said, okay, the extra, whatever extra funds are left over here can go towards the prosecutor, the judge, or whoever for expenses involved. That case, that case went through without a problem. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. You've got to cut in these other parties. If they get cut in on the deal, then you might have some much better success. You know what I'm saying? And I'm thinking the same way with people doing the AHC um, discharges or payments whatever you want to call them, is that if there was a way that you could do that and also cut the treasury in, and, and you brought up the public debt, because I remember seeing um, a few things on the Treasury Direct site talking about making contributions towards the public debt. Well, what if you made the amount higher and designated that to go towards 
the public debt or treasury expenses so that right. they get cut in. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I'm just, I mean, everything that I'm doing is not self-serving, you know. I mean, well, in, in my belief structure, if, I mean, it, it is self-serving because I'm, you know, in this, on this land <clears throat> and and not having to pay a mortgage, which I, but I know that it was paid in full with my signature, so I don't consider it self-serving. But everything that I'm doing is the reduction of public debt. All yeah, absolutely. It's all a gift to the treasury. So, here you go. It's a gift to the Internal Revenue Service. Here you go. You know, well, you know, and the thing is, none of these things like uh, paying a mortgage or paying your utility bill or paying an electric bill, none of those things can be self-serving because they're all things that are forced on us. You cannot live in a home that doesn't have electricity running to it that you have to pay for. You cannot live in a home that doesn't have utilities like water and sewage running to it that you are forced to pay for. And technically, you cannot be forced into commerce. You cannot be forced into paying another company for any kind of services. You know what I mean? So through Public Law 7310, actually, the corporation is responsible to take care of those issues. Oh, you know, I had a... Yeah, I had an interesting thing that will prove your, your, your statement. Um, my son had a hospital bill, and part of it was paid by insurance, and then it went to, I was supposed to take care of it, because it's a long story, but I didn't, and so I went to collections, and um, I called the collections company, and I just asked, I was, you know, well, nice, I said, can I speak to your manager, please, and I'm calling on, you know, on this account, and I faxed them, or I emailed her at the power of attorney, and I said, I just wanted to let you know that we're going to be um, settling this account with a 1099C because we don't pay debt with debt. And she said, oh, okay, no problem. You know, uh, send it to the compliance department and we'll get it taken care of. And she said, can you fax it? And I said, actually, no, I can't fax. Can I have your email? And she, you know, she gave me her own, you know, like a manager's email. I mean, it was a really pleasant experience is what I'm trying to convey. Um, but it's just in, in the way that, I think the way that you do it. But it's like, I don't pay debt with debt. You know, so you're not going to get any federal reserve notes or a credit or a debit card or anything from me. You're going to get a 1099C, and they have a process for that. She goes, oh, that'll be going to the compliance department. I mean, it was it's very straightforward. Very straightforward. So and that was a, you know, hospital bill, which should be taken care of for the people anyway. So you're exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, you're, but I, yeah, you're absolutely I, correct. Yeah, I'm thinking that I think it's all over people. I really do. I think it's or just at least, you know, it's at that? least really it's at least really close to being over for people that know what's going on. Right. Um there was somebody there was somebody said, Hey Brian. Yeah, it's Hal. Can you uh go into a little bit more of uh seventy three ten eight CR one ninety two? Uh, public law seven D two. That would be Brian. <laughs> That's a question for you. Well, well yeah, actually, that uh, what happened at that time. Uh, is really what that should really be called. It is called the Gold Repeal Act, okay? 
And because prior to that time, uh, the notes that people were using, um, it said right on them, you know, could be redeemed, you know, at a Federal Reserve Bank. You know, you could take it in and get gold or silver for it, you know what I mean? Because that's what was being used. And on kind of a side note, that's one of the things that I want people to think about because so many people want to say, oh, well, we need to go back to a gold standard and the silver standard and this and that. And uh, there was actually a second purpose or reason why that occurred, and that was because so many different nations were acquiring these debt notes from the U.S., because that's pretty much what's always been used as a debt note. The only thing is that debt notes at that time, you could redeem them and get gold or silver. Well, what better way to demolish a country or a corporation such as it was, was if you acquire a shitload of debt notes from them and then you turn around and you go and want to redeem them for gold or silver, whatever they were established for. Well, you could suck the wealth out of the country in a hurry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't know banking that well to be able to expound on a lot of that, but to me, that's just a very obvious thing. So that was one of the purposes. I, I think that was the front purpose, not the back purpose. The back purpose is where they're really wanting to screw everybody. But that was the front purpose behind uh, Public Law 7310 or HR 2 was so that that wouldn't occur. Well, yeah, I was just watching. I was watching one of Eon's more recent videos. I think it was from the 19th, and he goes back to the 73rd Congress document number 43, which is what I think they put in place before HGR came in. So they they were. Oh no, this is right after April 24th, 1933. But um, it kind of goes right in line with that, and and I'm really starting to grasp the whole coin for coin, I mean, because the truth of it is the $1 bill has the same value as a $20 bill. It's just our own perception of it and, and society's perception of it. Obviously, you can't buy something that costs $19.99 for a dollar, you know, in, in the real world or whatever, the fake world. But in the real, you know, the, in the truth of it is a dollar bill is the same value. It's coin for coin. It doesn't really matter what number is printed on it, you know. Anyway, that Senate Doc 43, um, from the 73rd Congress kind of goes into that in greater detail and it brings it all the way back to like 1867 or something where they, they started all this. I would recommend that in Eon's, um, let me see, It's he starts it in his, it's yeah, June 19th uh, and the title of it is Sue the Property and Stop Being a Trustee but towards the end of the video, it's only 44 minutes towards the end of that, he um, he goes into that 73rd Congress, document number 43, which I, I had not come across before. It's pretty interesting. Well, if anybody wants to look him up on YouTube also, Eon, it's E-E-O-N and then the number two because his first channel got shut down. <laughs> oh. Okay. See, number one. Yeah. Right. So it's E-E-O-N two. That's his YouTube channel. Well, and on the back side, yeah. everybody gets... You have to love good music. Yeah, 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 you well, got you got to you got to be patient. 
Well, and he lays it out that way for a purpose. That way, you know, it kind of covers him and keeps him getting shut down. And on top of it also, only the people that really, really want to learn will listen in. Right. And you'll, you'll block all his bullshit talk that he does and everything, and you'll sit and take notes. And because if you're studying this info and know enough about it, you'll know the meat when you hear it. And you can yeah. take notes and write the meat of it down when you hear it. But I was going to say, on the back right. side, what happened with um, HDR 192 was screwing over the American people. And that was the original intent of the bank. And that's actually why they had FDR in place. FDR actually, I believe, uh, got put in place. Uh, part of it was over the... Um, oh. Not suffrage, because that was voting, uh, but over the alcohol laws. And they agreed to make an alcohol... Prohibition? Prohibition, right. They agreed to make a change in prohibition laws and stuff like that if FDR got in. So you found out where people's interest really was at. But how they shafted, how the banks actually shafted everybody was that the value of gold is actually set in the city of London. Um, they, they set the prices on a lot of um, values such as gold and silver and different things. And so they ordered everybody to turn in all of their gold. It became, I mean, it, you can imagine, even at that time, this was supposed to be a free country. Does it sound like a free country if you are ordered to turn in all of your gold, otherwise be forced with maybe a five-year prison sentence or a $10,000 fine. Gosh, back then, a $10,000 fine, that'd be like $10 million today probably. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, just, I, you know, thinking of what it might Yeah, but they made, it, they, made it seem, they made it seem like that they wanted just the, uh, they wanted everybody to turn in their gold when they actually was only just the citizens was supposed to turn in their gold. They just made it just sound like the uh, the law was that everybody had to turn in their gold by, I believe it was like uh, May 1st, 1933. Yeah, May Day. Go figure. Yeah, go figure. They do that on May Day. <laughs> but... Yeah, well, and then what happened, I, I think at that time, the, the gold gold was valued at a low amount. It was like 16 bucks an ounce or something like that. Well, what happened is after that date, when everybody was supposed to have turned it in, the value of that gold more than doubled. They set the price even higher, which means if you turned in $50 worth of gold, Guess what? That fifty dollars worth of gold that you turn in today, tomorrow is worth more than a hundred bucks. So they really depleted the resources and enriched themselves at the same time. Yeah. If that's if that's not unjust enrichment, I don't know what is. Um, is Walter on here with us? I sent Walter a message. He said he was going to be here. Walter is with us.
Actually, Walter kind of carried the water last night or last week because I got kicked off the call like twice, and actually the third time got kicked off. And I was like, well, you know, if it's still recording, it's still recording, and it did record the whole thing, which is pretty cool. So. I heard a faint voice right there. Sound like it was like uh, five houses down. <laughs> if he's on, Brian, he's on the Uber board. He's not on the talk shoe board. Right, yeah. I think he normally does get on the Uber board, too. Oh, anyway, if he's around, he can jump in anytime. Oh, there's somebody else just came in. But anyway, I, you know, I don't know if um, Cal or you guys had anything specific you were wanting to ask about this week or not. Well, um, Chelsea has Chelsea has some um, foreclosure questions. Okay, Chelsea, you still on? Yeah, no, I'm I'm more concerned about the homeowners association. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead, dear. Well, there I'm gonna I'm again entering into a battle with them. They racked up five thousand dollars in fines for me, so I just was wondering how powerful they actually are and what are what rights we have because the more I read the more it sounds like I don't have very many. I would say you kind of don't. You know that homeowners association falls right in line with the situation that people are having with their driver's license and that is that you join an association that has its own set of rules and this and that and of course when people join they never say, hey, can I see the rules to the association? Uh, can I see your charter? Let me read your charter. Nobody ever does that because that's not what their interest is at the time. Their interest, you know, for homeowners association is they want to get into the home right away. I need to get moved. I got packing to do, things like that. That's where their mind's at, mm-hmm. you know. And the same thing with the Department of Motor Vehicles or if it's Secretary of State, that's where they do it at where you look. That, you know, at that time, you're 15, 16 years old. I, I just want to get my driver's license so I can get behind the wheel of mom and dad's car or get my own car, and I, and I can be one of the cool kids. We're always looking for what is going to give us our society status. And so we kind of mm-hmm. get screwed in the long run by doing that. But, um, yeah, the situation with, um, like I would say, the Homeowners Association, and I've not dealt with a lot of that. I've dealt with more of like code enforcement things. Uh, because especially down mm-hmm. here in Southwest Florida, they tend to be really picky. And to me, code enforcement was kind of easy because they actually have to have an administrative warrant to come on your property. And when you start demanding their administrative warrant or information regarding their bond as a so-called public servant, which they really aren't, 
um, they they disappear on you and run away. But with a homeowners association, I might put in questions in an affidavit form of um, did you supply me? Did you supply me with the rules of the association? Which I don't know. I don't know what kind of packet they gave you when you been to where you're at or anything like that. Yeah, no, no, they supplied us with the rules and the covenants um, and all that. But um, the fine, the fines, <laughs> it's just uh, well, finding me for based on their perception of, of of why my house got destroyed by the SWAT team. So um, I just, I mean, he came out and told me that. So, I mean, I just, that's just so blatantly like, I don't understand how they can just do that. Discriminating. So what actually happened? Uh, we were taken hostage by a former friend of mine took all my guns and assaulted me, cut the power to the house, and then the SWAT team came, and they couldn't get them out. And there was an eight-hour standoff, which ended in them destroying the house and doing about $80,000 worth of damage. But I'm still fixing. And um, the insurance company didn't even pay out. Um, well, they paid the mortgage company. The mortgage company wasn't really saying it because they're being assholes. So, like, I didn't get full... Um, amount to fix the house. I was fixing stuff out of my own pocket as best as I could, but I didn't get that until almost a year after the incident. And uh, I'm really lucky that they covered any of it because it was domestic violence. And so they considered him to be some sort of a resident. So um, they, they considered him to be what? Resident. So oh, resident. He, he came back Stuff and ransacked my house and vandalized it and um, took my car and they they said like they they released my house to him I own the house like he's just passing through like <laughs> and so okay. they released they, released, they released your house to him uh huh and then did they yeah. fix it up and now they're charging you for the repairs or something. No, they released the house to the perpetrator, and he came in and robbed me blind and vandalized my house more. And so, but the home, what? Is, and then the insurance company covered parts of it, and now the homeowner's insurance, because I had one um, window that was still boarded up, because they shot out nine of my windows. Um, I fixed the ones facing the street first. There was one side garage window that was facing my asshole neighbor, and he's the only one that complained and they told me that like this whole thing I'm being charged because he's complaining. Um, and that lot, not like it looks horrible. It was just bored to death. Like, and it's a, it was a huge off size window. Like I couldn't just, you know, it's not one that they just carry in stock. Something has a special order, whatever. Like it just wasn't a priority. It's a garage window. So it was one of the last things. Like, I'm trying to fix my kids' room and the living spaces and stuff, you know. And just because this neighbor, like, has a problem because he's an asshole, um, I'm, I've been charged now five or $6,000 in $10 per day fine for having a window boarded up. Even though in this neighborhood, there's all kinds of people with boards in their windows with air conditioners and shit. 
mm-hmm. and all kinds of violations happen that are I wonder, and I wonder I wonder like if you could the, get their their EIN number and just give them a 1099 or something for it. Uh, I have no idea. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Brian, what do you, you think about that? Again, oh, just get their employer identification number for the homeowners association and discharge the debt. Yeah. Right? I mean Well the position I'm looking at this from is a positional liability. Now, was the home, see, this is what I'm not comprehending. If this is your home, how could they release it to him? And what, and you said it was, you said it was released to him prior to all this stuff happening, correct? No, it was released to him after they, they got him. Finally, they took him down with the dogs. They took him into, to, down to the jail. They um, booked him and released him, and he came back up here. The neighbors called the cops and said, this guy's here. What the fuck? And the cops came back up here and said, oh, well, since you're considered a resident, we're just going to release the house to you. Even they told me to stay away from it because it's uninhabitable, because it was shot up with so much tear gas, like nine canisters in my master bathroom alone. And that's a small space. They shot up in my kids' rooms, in my bedroom, the downstairs, like, it was terrible. It was terrible. And I don't even, right. I don't yeah, even, right. yeah. All right. But all welcome right. to Washington, like Washington law for you. Well, no, this, this kind of crap goes on everywhere. Um, okay. No, if, if somebody says How could... more than 20 considered a resident. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I realized. How did they actually huh. release it to him? They, I mean, they couldn't get him, like, title or anything. I mean, what did, what did, what so makes you think let that... him go in there and the police department let him go into my house after he's there he's the one that they distributed over and take whatever he wanted and let him just go and then he proceeded to call friends and they brought over trucks and loaded up stuff and drove it away and drove and drove <laughs> loaded up my car and drove it away too with my stuff in it he lived, hmm? he lived there correct he was he stayed here for about a month, but no, he was not a resident, and there there was no rental agreement. Well, it doesn't matter if he stayed there for a month. He is. No, I realize that. I realize that. You know what the law is. This is a sensitive subject. I don't really need to be told about that. Like I know what the law is. There's nothing well, to do about it. Obviously, this is a year and a half later, and I'm still struggling with this. I want to know right. about my homeowners association. This is the yeah. Well, let's That's let's focus thing. on that then. So. Ask your homeowners association, tell them that you want to settle the debt, but you need their their uh, EIN number, their employer identification numbers, because if they're an association, they should have their own EIN number and discharge it. Yeah, they're a non-profit. Homeowners Doesn't matter. They're non-profit organizations. They'll, they'll still have an EIN. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because they'll be filing taxes. Ask the president of the homeowners association, or have somebody else call. I would have somebody else call, saying, "Hi, uh, I'm calling on behalf of you, and I understand that there's uh, an amount owing. 
and I would like to settle the debt, you know, have somebody kind of professional call, you know, speaking, say I'd like to settle this debt, but I'm going to need, you know, for accounting purposes, I'm going to need your employer identification number. And they'll probably be happy to give it to you because they're going to say, ooh, we're going to get 5000 bucks," and then discharge that sucker. How would she, how, what, would be, what would be the process she would do to discharge it once she had the EIN? You know, I don't, I don't know where you're at in any of these correcting your styles and status, but for me, I'm, I'm all about 1099Cs now, just canceling the debt. So you would need to order a 1099C form from the Internal Revenue Service and um, fill it out and send it to them, and then send it to the IRS. Does she have to be a, does she have to be a secured party? To do the I don't even know if I believe that anymore. What do you think, Brian? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I I, I think, think I think it I think it's open to everybody. I I think that we have been brought up. People have been brought up to be in fear of the IRS, and the ones instigating that fear has actually been uh, U.S. Inc. themselves, right. because they know that we can use the IRS against them. Yep. Same thing with the war on okay, drugs. The matter, right? yeah. the matter that you have in hand is a public issue. So, yes, anyone can do that because you're dealing with the IRS, which is a, it's, it's a private organization, but it's for public use. Anyone can file those papers. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so I, to, me, to me, it seems simple, yeah. So then she doesn't need any status change just as she is now. She could just fill out a 1099-C, you know, put right. the amount and, and the EIN and, and send it to them, and they should be able to charge it? Discharge it, yeah. Yep. I, would, I, would actually, I would actually go so far, though, as I would stick the Homeowners Association on the police department. Uh, because this guy had done that damage and stuff like that and gone to jail, what should have happened at that time, even in the middle of the night, this happens all the time, people that have domestic issues, is that immediately a judge's signature is uh, placed on a form for no contact. He can't come within 500 feet of the place. No, the there was supposed to be no jail. contact order. I was, promised, I was promised a no contact order. There was not one in place. I had to go down two days later on my birthday and get uh, the no contact order myself. So, it was never served on him because he disappeared right. into the wind. Well, no, it doesn't have to be served on him. It automatically is supposed to be kicked in, and so there's negligence there. Right. So yeah. that's why I'm that's why I'm saying I would stick the homeowners association on the sheriff's department, and also I, I well you can you can actually do it. I, I would, I would, um, I would pit the attorney general's office against the homeowners association and say, how did this occur, and why am I now being charged for the expenses that somebody else costs? They told me they might break out two windows in this process. They had 20 at least regular cars, two command centers, two big slot tanks up in my front lawn. Like they, it was like World War Three up in here. Like. Um, okay. Okay. So I see. We, I, I don't mean to cut you off, sweetheart, but I see what um, Brian is saying. 
He is okay. saying make the homeowners association work against work for you against the police department, and that battle will be between them two. Now the question is, Brian, do do she file the the tax papers first, or does she does she make that action happen first? I don't think it matters which happens first, but I would also, as far as like filing the tax papers, those tax papers would go against the police department. You can you can also like uh, use a thirty write this down thirty nine forty nine a, okay, which is kind of a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. Hey, something's going on here with the IRS. It only goes to the IRS. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> We're talking about that earlier. But yeah, the thirty nine forty nine A and I would list if you can get the EIN number for the homeowners association and for the sheriff's department. Because the sheriff's department caused all the damage. They caused all the damage. So they're the ones that really should be liable for um <laughs> For any remedy, yeah. and remedy is bringing you back to a comfortable state of living. Right, because my insurance company wouldn't cover all of it. So yeah, I've been struggling, and now I'm in was in foreclosure, and now we're filing Chapter 13 to save the house, and they want to stick the homeowners association stuff in there, and so I feel like I'm on a time crunch because I don't know if I can say or do anything about these fines after the bankruptcy goes through. Uh, well, fines and stuff like that, and if you go and read um, the, the rules of collection, all that crap, you'll find in there that as long as you are disputing that claim, that that can't be listed against you, as long as it's in dispute. And I would keep it in dispute until it gets taken care of. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you call the sheriff's department to get their EIN, I would have somebody do it anonymously and don't tell your whole story. Just say, oh, hi, I'm a good, you know, have somebody call and say, I'm a good Samaritan. I'd like to make a donation to your sheriff's department, but I need your employer identification number for tax purposes. And, you know, get those numbers that way. And then, and then even if you do end up filing a Chapter 13, I had a little experience um, in bankruptcy court where somebody had signed all the documents last comma first middle and that um, brought the federal marshals in and um, you know I I think you know I I didn't realize it at the time but I could have probably guided that person to you know kind of getting all of that taken care of too I mean chapter 13 is really good to, for, to stall when you're under a lot of stress and, and you need some reprieve. You right. just need everybody off your back for a little while. But you really yeah, don't want exactly. you really don't want to stay in there because the, the whole idea of the whole, you know, hoax is that, you know, you're confirming mm-hmm. that you're a debtor when you go to Chapter 13 right. so they can, they can uh, pillage and, and do all that. They were trying not to have to add me into it, but, um, yeah, but I am, so... Yeah, I mean, sometimes you get what you got to do, you know, it's no big deal. But, you know, if you if you sign those, you know, even just sign, you know, UD, if you have to sign those Chapter 13 papers, sign, you know, U.D. after your signature. Ideally, you want to sign last, first, middle. 
Um, but, you know, you don't want to make it like super obvious because then they'll stall everything and they might not let you file it. But if you just do a little U and a little D afterwards, you, know, you can come back later and yeah. and just say, hey, this is, you know, this is what I had to do in the moment because I was under so much pressure. But I don't consent to any of this because I know the truth, you know. Yeah, that dot, dot, dot after your autograph actually means that you've got more to say, but you can't right now. Yep. Um, okay. For the people that are on here that are new, can you um, explain what UD please is, please? Uh, well, UD is under duress. UD, yeah, U and then D is in dog, under duress. Okay, guys. Under duress, okay. Yeah. Or you can use BC. BC, or you can yeah. use VC, it means the same thing. Yep. It's vices cacos or whatever, that's uh, Latin, for under oh, force right. or under duress. Yep. Okay. And just don't be, don't like hesitate when you're signing. If you have to sign in front of everybody, just like practice a whole bunch of times first. Because I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I used to just sign stuff. And now I'm like, it takes me three minutes to sign something because it's got to be trademark, last comma, first, middle, copyright, UCC 1-308, you know what I mean? And it's like, at first, you know, I was afraid that somebody would reject what I was signing. Now it's like, no, I'm I'm the boss here. I'm putting down what I need to put down. You're going to wait. And I'm, I'm securing exactly. it. I don't sign you don't, anything. Yeah. Now you don't realize how much their, your signature is holding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The, the signature, actually, I prefer calling it the autograph. Autograph. The autograph. Yeah is the link. That's the link yep. that they need. Yep. And if you do, you know, trademark copyright or UCC 1-308, it's like, well, here, I, I signed this under duress because I have to, but I'm retaining all my rights. You know, you can't you know, steal this anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I mean, I, and I wanted to say, too, I'm sorry, You've gone through so much, and uh, you know we all have in, in varying degrees. Um, but just mm-hmm. you know, part of part of the whole game is for them to put you in a place where you, you can't you can't think objectively, and you're just responding, responding, responding. You know, um, but you gotta you get to a calm place, you know, in your heart. And you know the truth. You know what's right, and then just you know ask your higher self to guide you through it without you know the anger and the drama, and you know I mean it's like it, it's crazy. You know, I mean, there's a whole sheriff's department, uh, sub-sheriff's department set up to help people get, what, lose their homes. You know what I mean? We think that the, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. It's it's not, none of it's right. But just stay calm yeah. and, you know, do what you're doing and work, and work yourself through this. It'll be all right. There's remedy for everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been under for about 10 years straight, so this wasn't even a big thing so i'm good yeah right <laughs> it doesn't kill yeah. you it makes you stronger we're all we're all neanderthals now <laughs> immovable mm-hmm. large objects <laughs> well you know and, and like she said the first thing to do is you really have to get over the, the anger yeah get over the emotional side of it and start looking at like say but looking at it like a lawyer or attorney would and just go after the facts and only the facts and nail them on the facts. That's it. Because that's all they care about. 
You know, they don't care about how many cars were there or how many canisters got blown in the window. They don't care about any of that. Just the facts. What got broke, yeah. who did it, who's responsible, and who they need to go after. And that's it. And you can, you can um, also re- revoke and or rescind your signature. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I signed that, but I revoke it. <laughs> you know? Sorry. Change my mind. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hey Sheila, somebody was asking me about um, how you file 1099Cs. Have you filed 1099Cs? Um. Yeah. I, I I have to say up front, I have not had any luck whatsoever with any kind of discharge um, or remedy, uh, and I have created a phenomenal amount, probably 15 different negotiable instruments that have not been honored or returned. Um, and, you know, I used to send everything out, notary presentment, registered mail and all that, and nobody was honoring anything. And so now I'm just sending it out, registered mail, so I'm sending a copy back to myself, and um, you know, I've even emailed some, and uh, I just don't care anymore because nobody's honoring anything. And so... I feel like, um, you know, I'm just going to have the Internal Revenue Service deal with it, basically. Yeah, put the CID department on it. Yeah, and I'm not doing the A's and the OIDs anymore. It's just a waste of time, in my opinion, because I haven't had any results. I've been all honorable, notary presentment, registered mail, you know, here's this, you know, default them, you know three times, ten days apart, then the A, then the OID, then the C, and all I'm doing is going to the post office and spending a bunch of money and spending a lot of time with the typewriter and these IRS forms and not getting any remedy there. Unfortunately, I don't have any huge items other than trying to, you know, maintain the occupancy of this land. Um, You know, everything else is, you know, whatever. I don't have a lot, but I have enough. Um, But... No, I guess yeah, not... I guess what they I guess what they want to know was back to you mentioned something about the hospital bills. Oh. Yeah. Um I haven't done it yet. That just happened last week and I need to do that. Um but yeah, I mean they you know, she said, Okay, send that to our compliance department, you know. I, I told her I said we don't pay debt with debt. So I will be sending you a ten ninety nine C to discharge this debt, and I'll be sending a 1099-C to the originator for the full amount. And she just said, oh, okay, we'll send it to the attention of the compliance department. And that was it. Oh, all right, yeah, that's then that's recent stuff. That's new stuff. But I, I think a part of it was actually how I handled that because before I always like, had my fingers crossed and was holding my breath that they would accept it. And I think that came with all the years of, of failures, basically, and attempts and failures. And now it's like, well, I know the truth. The truth is I don't pay debt with debt, you know. And I know that there's another way to do it. And, and so I just I tell them what I'm doing. I don't ask. I don't, I don't offer. Like, this is how this is going to be handled. And, I, and she gave me her EIN number. I said, I need your EIN number. She goes, oh, okay. Is that the employer identification number? I said, yep. So she gave me that. You know, 
I think it was um, Brett slash Eon here a few days ago. He was talking about that, and he was looking into it, and it was actually kind of an interesting call. But um, he was talking about that number, the EIN number, and he said technically, because I've seen the same thing over the past few years, and sometimes it's called an employer identification number, and that's normally when I'm talking to IRS people, that's what they identify it as. And other times in things I'm reading from the IRS, it refers to it as an employee identification number. Mm-hmm. And I really tend to go with what Brett's saying. is that, yeah, that's an employee identification number because all these companies that are set up are franchises. They're essentially employees of the corporation of the yep. United States, Inc. Yep. Everything is a servicing agency for the corporation. Yep, absolutely. Because, you know what? And this is something I think a lot of people should really stop and think about. Uh, no matter what stage in your awakening process you're in. Because this is one of the very first... Before I even started the group tackle sovereignty or anything, I just had so many things flooding my head, so many questions in my own head and conversations I was having with myself was that I, w- I was seeing things like in the newspaper or hearing things on the news talking about the wealth of nations. And, oh, this, this nation is the greatest right now. And the United States, for instance, has always been considered the greatest nation, the wealthiest nation. And it's like, wait a minute. How is the United States of America wealthy? What do they own? Do they own anything? I mean, the people think they own their own homes. We think we own our own cars. We think we own our own businesses. What does the United States of America own? They don't own anything. And that's they own, maybe they own one the of, yeah. That's maybe Sorry. one of the first things that got me on my quest to really looking into everything. Yeah. Was how are they wealthy? How are these nations wealthy? And come to find out. It, essentially, through user trucks, through usury, we've turned everything over to them. Yep. And we are nothing more than mere users of it. It's yep. their property. They've got it. You know what? They can take it away. I had, I had somebody the other day ask me, they said, do you have a driver's license? I said, what do you mean? Do I own a driver's license? And they said, yeah. And I said, I don't know. I said, do you own a driver's license? And the guy said, yeah, I own a driver's license. I said, can they take it away from you? He said, yeah. I said, well, then you don't own it, do you? He stopped, stopped for a second, and he was like, oh, my God. I don't have a driver's license. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to somebody else, doesn't it? I said, yeah. I said, can they take your home away from you? He said, yeah. I said, so you don't own a home either, do you? No. I said, your car. Can your car be impounded? Can your car be taken away from you? He was like, oh, my God, dude. He's like... You're blowing my mind here. <laughs> but yeah. that's the bottom line. That is where the wealth of the nation is it. Everything has been theirs all along. We are more merely just users of it all. And to be using it, we are paying rent on it. You know, I think if, I think people one of the best things they could do is that word taxes, erase that out of your mind and substitute it with the word rent. Substitute with the word what? 
substitute rent? it with the word rent, rent uh, or lease. Mm-hmm. You are renting or leasing the use of money. That's why that's why every April Fool's Day they want you to go take care of your taxes and settle the books. Right. That's why they want property taxes taken care of. It's not property taxes, it's property rent because it's their property. That's why you have to pay registration on your car every year because it's not your vehicle. If it was yours, why would you have to pay on it every year? It's theirs. You're paying rent on it. Yes, you're renting it. People should get rid of the word tax and substitute it with the word rent or lease. Does that make a little more sense now? Mm-hmm. Oh, let me tell you something. I was invited on some common law calls a couple years ago. They wanted to come on and talk to them. And this was when I didn't even know 1% of what I know now. And I, I would mention information like this. And, oh, my God, some of these old constitutional, it's my constitution, I got rights, da 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 Oh, my God. They got so mad and angry at me, and, oh, I was so full of shit, and I was so wrong because, you know, I worked, and I bought it with my own money, and da-da-da-da, it's mine, it's my. You know what? How about this? Let's go back to the beginning of our time, as far as we know, anyway, which may be the first book of Genesis, first chapter of Genesis, you know. Everything was given to mankind for use. That's what we were told. But instead, everybody wants to own and hold possession and mine, mine, mine. You know what? Mine, my mind can be taken away in a heartbeat. It can be taken away by an act of God from a lightning strike or a tornado or a flood or by the tax man. We really only have usage. Amen to that, brother. It's that simple. It's that simple. And and if you you don't honor it and have gratitude for it, it'll take it away a lot faster. (laughs) You know what? That was something that I learned a while ago. It, It was probably after I came out of coma from my accident and everything, is that I learned, uh, number one, we're told to be in a constant state of prayer. But I I learned that we also really need to be in a constant state of thankfulness. And we need to give that thankfulness. And we need to tell whatever power it is that be that created everything that we're thankful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you've given me. I appreciate it. And please... Help me put this to use to further what other people need and what what the whole society really needs to strengthen everybody. You know, personally, myself, I have a really, and I don't know what it is, but I have a really hard time when people compliment me or thank me for things or whatever. I've always been that way. But I think I've discovered that the reason why is because that whatever it is that they want to thank me for or they want to appreciate doesn't belong to me. 
it belongs to somebody else. They really need to be thanking somebody else for allowing me to use that gift that was given, or whatever the case may be. Because it's not me. It's not us. We, we didn't create whatever ability or... I don't know how to say it, or whatever right. attribute we have. We didn't create it. That was afforded to us. Yeah. And you surrender it to the good of all, right? You don't hoard it for yourself. I mean, that's with the gift. Absolutely, um, absolutely. You, you know, and you I surrender it for everybody else. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I make a point to expect miracles on a daily basis, and I, I uh, acknowledge and you know, the miracles, and, and the miracles could be, you know, a dragonfly or, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, we're, we've got to get out of our heads and, and, and get into our hearts, and, and that's, that's been the game, and that's been the game with the dumbing down and the vaccinations and the poisonous foods and the poisonous water, is that when we all stop and start taking care of the vessel, you know, that we're in, our soul and our spirit is in right now, when you take care of that, then you know everything starts to fall in line because you're in alignment with with the source and you know you're in appreciation of everything that's actually going on and it's hard man we are challenged you know and it's like I always equate it to you know I don't know if anybody's ever done cleanses or anything like that but you know they're, they're parasites and they're in our minds and they're in our bodies and we have to clean you know the vessel because the parasites are hanging off with your life and they're sucking up every single bit of energy or, or free thought. That, you know, enlightenment or anything, awakening that you might, might be able to achieve in this lifetime. And this is the lifetime to do it. We all came here for this, you know. And um, you got to honor absolutely everything. Nothing is more important than anything else. Everybody's, you know, uh, everybody's, everybody matters, you know. And and it's Absolutely. you know that whole dividing thing you know divide by by status by religion you know by race or whatever I mean all that stuff is, is very purposefully set up so that we don't realize our own true spiritual power and what is really going on on this planet right now and and when you surrender the fight there isn't a fight anymore you know because because you're you got you know somebody's got your back you know something really big's got your back you know. <laughs> And you just got to kind of let go. And, and the ego is the hardest thing to, to, to drop. That's the last part. And that's probably why, Brian, you have a hard time accepting compliments because your ego is gone, which is, is really where we want to be. It's not about me. You know? Well, well you know what? It's kind of funny you said that because... I've got a big issue with the ego situation, and I I look at people talking on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever social platform I'm on or different calls, and when people are talking, so many times the first thing that I recognize is ego. They get their (laughs) feelings hurt, and you can't get your feelings hurt if you have no ego, they're trying to pro- they're trying to protect themselves. Yep. It's just like nobody and can break your nobody can break your heart, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm the only oh, one who can break my me, heart. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, well, and what breaks my heart is 
poor decisions that I've made. And wow. I've had a, a string of relationships that were poor decisions, but uh, that was because <laughs> I was looking for somebody else's benefit rather than really my own. Yep. So that's life, you know. Well, yeah, and, we're all learning. That, this is school. But that, that is the number one thing is you've got to take care of the ego. You've got to fix that because that ego is, you know, it, the scripture talks about the woman being silent in the church. Mm-hmm. Well, I've often said, and I've had many people that are supposed scholars have argued with me, but that woman that the scripture says to keep silent in church, well, to me, church is a community of like-minded people and the way you exist and your life. <clears throat> and the female aspect is actually the female aspect of the mind. Everybody has it. Whether you're male or female, we all have male and female aspects of our being and of our mind. And that female aspect is more of the emotional aspect. And it is so easy to get emotional. It's so easy to get our feelings hurt and want to immediately lash out without thinking first before we do it. You know what I mean? But we need to keep that part of our mind silent and stop and think, okay, why did this other individual do or say what they said? What is the real issue here? That way you can connect with what the real issue is rather than attacking them by your emotional response. Yeah. Yeah, and going from, I mean, I'm always, you know, like when my head starts going, I'm like, okay, that's my head. What does my heart say? What does my body feel? You know, and just slow everything down right now because we're, we're, we're you know, we're, we've, we're always told, to, we've always been told to stop and take a breath, right? <laughs> no, count to ten before you say anything or do anything. There you go. You got to get do back that to your thing. heart. Get back to your heart. And you know, we need to do the. We need to do the same thing when it comes to like the court situations and all this other oh. stuff. We need to get our emotions out of the way. I know Christina Rar is very upset over a lot of things that has happened regarding her home. She needs to stop. You know, get up on the mountaintop and get an overview, and oh. say, okay. Why is why is this entity doing this? Why is this other entity doing this? And how can I connect the dots to make this work for me? Yep. To make me to make it benefit me in the long run. And then, unfortunately, you know, in, in especially in my own case, I've I've had to really look into my own participation into a lot of events. I mean, there was a time where I was, you know, like so much shit was coming at me. Uh, and I was fighting, you know, I was pushing back and fighting and fighting and fighting. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm creating this fight. I'm, I'm attracting all this negative stuff to come at me to prove a point. And I mean, on the, the bottom line is, is truth and, and, and what, you know, nature's law really is. But I had to really check myself because I wanted to prove that I was right. And so that was my ego. But when I kind of relaxed and surrendered, you know, 
then I would get, you know, the different downloads or my higher self would step in or I wouldn't fight back and I would come from my heart and, and, and like I said, with the, you know, the trying to discharge stuff and stuff, I wasn't getting honored, but it was like, uh, it, it doesn't matter <laughs> because in this moment right now, everything is actually okay, you know, and it, it's like, you know, engaging yourself in that game is, is, is of the mind, but when you when you move all that energy down into your heart, you know it's like now I look at these um, public servants and and judges and DAs and you know whatever, and it's like, man, they probably had no idea that they, what they were getting into. So I can still I can turn the other cheek, you know. And and there is a a, a fine line of of when I'm being trespassed on, you know, that that I have to have to draw a line, um, and and I have. But, you know, I have compassion for these people, like, you know, recorders that refuse to record things. And I had them tell me, I I just don't want to lose my job, (laughs) you know. And I'm like, title 18, clerks must file, title 18, clerks must file. But it's like, oh, that's a person, you know. And I just mean that for ease of conversation, a person. (laughs) But that's just, you know, another being that's trying to keep a roof over her head and pay her bills. And and she's not my enemy. You know, the the system is the enemy, and the system has has, has very successfully um, trained us to fight each other. You know, and and I believe, you know, that when we come down to it, it's just another person trying to make their own life work. And I and I think a lot of these attorneys, I've met some good ones, and I've met some bad ones. You know, but I think I'd like to believe that when they chose to go to law school, they actually thought that they would make a difference. You know, and, and they had no idea what they were really getting themselves into. And I also believe there's a small percentage of them that had knew exactly what they were getting into. You know, and they were just in it for themselves. And and, and that's, you know, the story that I was telling you about the two bidders at the auction the other day, you know, showed up, one of them with a cane and one of them with a cast on their leg. And I was just, I didn't want to say anything out loud, but I was laughing to myself because it's like, man, you reap what you sow. Just be patient and be diligent. And stay in your hearts. Yeah, there are some of the weak and wounded after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't look me in the eye, none of them. It's pretty funny. I don't care. You know, I just shut up with my baseball cap and whatever. It's like, I don't need a suit to prove who I am, you know. I don't need oh, to prove that's, anything. That's because they know the truth. And yeah. one of the things they use against everybody is that these situations are all emotional situations for people, and they prey on the emotions. And their actors that they use, which, I mean, go and look at it. It's the acting judge. It's the acting prosecutor. It's the acting defender. They're all actors. They tell you right there. Those guys are all out there just doing it for the paycheck, they could care less about it. They're going to go home and eat with their families later in the evening. It doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. And the only thing that is really affecting anything is your emotions. Your emotions yeah. are swaying the situation. Yeah. Yeah, get, the emotions, be... get the emotions taken care of. Get the ego put aside and look at it the way they look at it. I've gotten to be pretty good friends with the uh the guy who's the agent for the auction company and uh, last month 
I got there one minute before 10 o'clock. I mean, he was actually waiting for me, you know, because they hadn't postponed it at that point. And he's like, oh, there you are. He goes, what do you got for me? You know, and he, like, stalled the whole auction. And, and uh, and I don't know, we're talking. He's, he's, he's actually on our side. And then he said that he went uh, last month. He said he went on a first date. Because I'm talking to him. I, we sometimes we spend an hour, hour and a half together waiting for them to make a decision. I'm the only one there with him, you know. And uh, he said, I mean, he went on a first date. And uh, and she said, oh, what do you do for a living? And he said, when those words came out of my mouth out loud, I had to really question myself and what am I doing? And, and I was like, hell yeah. You know, it's like, you know, like I said, they're just other other people and they're they're stuck in these places, you know, they don't know what they do. You know what I mean? Until until we can kind of shine a light on them. And then when I was there on Wednesday, he said, uh, in front of everybody, and there was like 10 or so people there. It wasn't just my house. There were other homes too, but I didn't stay. He said, he said, well, he goes, I've never seen anybody have their postponements this long. He goes, you should share this. And I said, no, I, I try to keep, you know, my information in the private. And I said, it's just the truth, you know. And everybody's kind of looking at me, and it's just like, it's just the truth, people. And it's like perseverance and, you know, sticking to the truth, staying in honor, staying in your heart. We got this. We got this, people. The tide's already turned. You know, there is so much to the private side. Oh, you know what? I, before I say what I was going to say, I want everybody know that um, our group call this Sunday is going to be postponed to Monday because I've been asked a second time now uh, to do a call with the Colorado group and their call is on Monday, I believe at nine o'clock at night. Uh, let me check my notes. So the group call will actually be Monday night at nine. And their call is on uh, Sunday night. So our, our group call will be on Monday. Right. Yeah. Normally technical sovereignty is on Sunday at seven, but it's going to be at seven o'clock mountain standard time on Monday, which is 9 o'clock our time, I believe, Eastern time. But anyway, saying that kind of distracts me from what I was going to say. But uh, no, uh, going back to being in the private. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, You said the guys from Colorado. Is that uh, Bruce DeSet and and those guys? It was some of the people that were following a lot of that. Um, they're doing, it's a separate call. It, it's not the call that, uh, Bruce was doing, uh, but they've got their own call that they do on Monday nights. It's called, um, exiting Babylon. And I was with, I was with them. I think the I was with them the first week of June and they've been wanting me to come on for a second call. So they contact me today. So I'm going to be on for a second call. Do you know any any kind of updates uh, on what's going on with those guys? Uh, are they throwing, are they uh, attempting to throw the book at them? Or? Um, well, one of the situations was that the judges had re- recused themselves from the situation, and a lot of it was because uh, one judge had a lien placed against him, and he went to go get funding for he went to get a loan for his daughter's. Um, college and he got rejected and when he found oh, wow. out he, 
he was rejected because of a lien they had put on him, that's actually what set everything in motion. Um, they just had, I believe it was yesterday or today, I'm thinking it was today, uh, they were supposed to have had another appearance, and I haven't right. really gotten online and looked to see what transpired from that. Um, probably a continuance, I would say, is what transpired. Yeah. Are they still in jail? Oh, Ed Bryant. Pretty hard work. Ed Bryant. Yeah. Bryant. What's up? This Cal. Um, in our group, we have about seven people in our group, and um, a couple of them are, are teenagers, um, roughly 19, 20 years old. Uh, starting this process out, which direct, what direction do you think it would be uh, for these young people to take, educate themselves more about what's going on because they're not wanting to be ignorant no more. (laughs) All right. Um, um, There is a group site created by DW who's right now in custody, Um, but it was for things that happened way prior to his learning about stuff. And Right. He cre- he created a website, um, and I always forget the name of it. Although I see it all, I'm always going to it. Lawfulamerica.solutions.com. Thank you, thank you very much. And in the upper right hand corner, um, I urged him to put a beginners section there, and he put a beginners section. So I would recommend people go to that. No matter yeah. what no matter what age you're at. And as far as, say, teenagers, and this is what I tell everybody, and I will probably say this until the day I die, is that everything I've read, looking at UCC and what they refer to and what other things refer to, if I had to go back to being 15 years old again, I would have never applied for the learner's permit or driver's permit for the driver's license. I would have sat back and waited until I was 18 because those things are only required for a minor. And then once you turn 18, and I need to go pull this out of USC again and show everybody, but after you turn 18, You've got six months to declare who you are part of and who you're following. It says it right in the United States Code. Well, it's actually 21 is really the the true age of majority. So they've Mm -hmm. got all the way up until then. And I totally agree with you, Brian, about, you know, any pre-registration. I know that high school students or if you were trying to apply for a student loan or something like that, they make you sign up for selective service any adhesion contracts that they can avoid or put UD under if they have to do it. Um, you know, in California, I was on the Secretary of State's website, and they, they have the gall now. They've got a whole pre-register to vote. You can pre-register at 16 to vote. Pre-register. So they're sucking you in right there. Yep. Pre-register to vote right. at 16. So avoid any adhesion contracts. You know what? You know what? That's funny because that reminds me of when I rescinded my uh, voter's registration on Florida 
and I, I called the guy up, and he looked it up on the computer. He says, hey, I'm looking at it right now. It says you're no longer a resident. And oh, I was like, I got, oh, my God. I got a good one for you. I got a good one for you. When I, when I got the exemplification from the name change from probate court, they, um, they had to give me a copy of everything that was ever filed into that case. And um, so there's a report from the state for any licenses and stuff that I had ever gotten. And so my real estate license had showed up and then a home daycare license had showed up. But most important, um, it said citizenship and underneath it, it said unknown. I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> I got That's him confused. a beautiful thing. I got him confused at least. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. I know. You know, one thing I have, one thing, uh, one thing I've noticed is whenever you, whenever you sign up for like a credit card, uh, it asks you to confirm that you're a U.S. citizen, and yeah. I've been noticing that a lot with a lot of different credit cards. Mhm. So when you well, when you check that, do you kind of set yourself up for failure? Absolutely. Yeah. That's it's the game. Like I would recommend everybody, anybody, tactical sovereignty, there's been so much stuff put in there, and it's got a little search bar where you can search the group. And you can use that just like Google. Well, many times I've posted it there. There's a video called uh, Something Strange is Happening or Something Strange is Going On. And I recommend everybody go check that out because it talks about CUSIP numbers. And it talks about how it is every time you go into all these big box stores, they ask you if you have one of their discount cards. And you're, of course, like, no. And they say, oh, you want to sign up for one? I mean, this even happens when you go into a gas station. Oh, do you have a racetrack card? You know, you want to get one? Save 10 bucks today, right? Right. You'll save money right now. Well, those applications right there are turned into a negotiable instrument where they start hitting your bond. Yep. Just just because you put your name and your address, your name, your name, and your address is a negotiable instrument. Anytime somebody somebody gets set together and you check the box, yes, I agree, there's a negotiable instrument you just created. And a lot of times those all also ask for your social security number. But what does a court administrator, i.e. a judge, ask for when you want to court? Can you state your name and address? Yep. And date of birth as well. Yep. When we got Thank the um, when we got the uh, exemplifications back, we uh, I think I told you this, Brian, but. But um, so when you order the exemplification, it's kind of like ordering a certified copy of a record, but it's way better. It's and like an authentication. Yeah. You're it's supposed like to an authentication. Give them a self-addressed stamped envelope to send it back to you. And so I, I wrote, you know, upper and lower case, the name, care of, private mailbox, the address, you know, the city, state, republic, without the U.S., zip code, blah, blah, blah. And um, 
when they got mailed back, I did it with a friend of mine. I was like, man, did I have him fill out my envelopes? But it wasn't my writing on the envelope, but there was no, like, no place that it came from. There was no uh, return address or whatever, sender address. Mm. But they um, redid it exactly as I wrote it. So I, I got it from the probate court, upper and lower case, without the U.S., the Republic, all that. Even, you know, I mean, the thing, I mean, it's getting harder now, but even when I submitted, um, or when I submit documents too, I always put city, state, Republic, without the U.S. on anything that I fill out. And and, and a lot of people are just doing it automatically so they'll just copy it. But, I mean, I know in probate court, they know they know what's going on. But anyway, I just wanted to share that too. It's There is a way out. And I think it's easier and easier. And I actually think it's really all over and we don't need to stress about anything. I think even just sitting and holding the intention and the vibration of all of this working out is, is almost enough than the thousands of dollars I've spent in registered mail. Um, I also wanted to, to say that I don't know if it served its purpose, but I did do um, notary presentment to John Kerry and Mark Inch, who's an Army Provost General, uh, denial of U.S. citizenship. I think I sent that out a year or two ago. Um, that was unrebutted, you know, so I include that in a lot of stuff too. Uh, it's all presumption and assumption, and, and until you correct that, the assumption and the presumption is there. And just by by stating the correction, by like you know, with, um, I think it was Carla or whoever, you know, rescind your rescind your signature. You know, we have the right to do that. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It's all a lie. Everything's been fraud from the beginning, and I didn't realize my signature was a negotiable instrument. I hereby rescind it. You know. And you know what. That reminds me of something I want to bring up because I hear a lot of people say, oh, it's all a fraud, which means it's a known void. No, Mm -hmm. it does not. If you look at the maxims of law, no, it stands until you bring it to light. Right. When you you bring the fraud to light, that's when it becomes null and void. Otherwise, it stands. If nobody says anything, guess what? You're screwed. You have to bring it to light and say, no, this is BS, and this is why. Right. That's the acquiescence. I mean, it's the same thing that we're doing to them. We're just turning the tables on them. You know, you, you tell them, I, I rebut this, I rescind this, I revoke this, and they don't respond. Well, there you go. I mean, stuff like that, you really want to do registered mail and notary presentment <clears throat> because that will stand. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, revoke, rescind, and reject. I recommend yep. everybody go to... Um, the talk show link for Tactical Sovereignty and listen to the very first call on there. It has KW on there. And he kind of explains how this was all set up. And I would recommend listening to the first 10 minutes of it a few times and connecting the dots and then pulling out a legal dictionary or Black's Law or whatever and finding out what a certificate really is. What does it really mean? It's all about agreeing to be the agent for an organization. That's what a certificate tells you. A certificate allows you to be in the position of, say, service of process or whatever or something. It's a title. 
once you figure out all that stuff, then you can start figuring out really how you're supposed to be reacting with these third-party creditor people, whatever. And servicing agents. Servicing agents. Same yep. with the courts. They're nothing but a servicing agent. Yep, everything is a servicing agent. Once you start to see it, it's like so weird because everything is a servicing agent. They're they're all they're all parasites, yep. sucking off the life of what Americans are doing now, and they're also sucking off from the future yeah. earnings of those Americans. That, yeah. That's a scary thing. I wanted to, to add that when you were talking about why is America one of the richest nations or whatever, it's because they have the they're holding everybody's bonds and we're very productive. Uh, you know, the best thing about all of this is when you walk in in the grocery store, there's always those people out there trying to get your signature, and you're just like, I don't say anything. <laughs> you know, and they, don't, they have no response to that. Um, but it's just, I don't want to, you know, uh, it's been a long while. I think I've been at this for a solid, I think I've been at it my whole life, but a solid 10 years of active stuff. And 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 we don't. You guys don't need to do that anymore because it's it's really over and it's really just really truly standing on your own beliefs and knowing the truth and not being afraid anymore. The fear factor is huge. You know, I mean, I have I have so many people around me who are like cheering me on and blah blah blah, blah but they don't want to do anything to lose their thousand dollars a month benefit that they're getting. Um. And, you know, and, and everybody's, you know, case by case. And, yeah, that does definitely, you know, make or break somebody's monthly ability to to sustain themselves. But the the biggest thing we have going against us is our own personal fear factor. And you have to really not be afraid anymore because you have the, you have the truth, you know. And well, that's, I, that's, that's what this is all about. I, I want to address that one thing about people, though. Uh, being afraid of, uh, of losing things, and that is because a lot of people contact me and they're like, "Well, what about my benefits?" Da, da, da. Number one, people need to realize everything pretty much you've been told has either been a total lie or been grossly distorted, and that those things that say retirees or people that have had disability received, those are not benefits. They may say that. But if you go in and read their actual code on it, those are actually their obligations. You have made an investment, and it's their obligation to take care of that investment. Yep. And so people shouldn't be in fear because they they turn the tables on everything. So that that thousand dollars a month is is really costing uh, costing you a million dollars a day, you know. Right. Well, if they call it if they call it a benefit, you have to remember that a benefit is two sided. There's the benefit, and a benefit also carries with it a liability. Okay. Well, if you're receiving, let's say, a benefit of retirement, you're receiving your benefits from Social Security. Where's your liability at? Do you have a liability? Is there anything you can do that will no longer allow you to receive those funds anymore? No, there's not. They are giving you what they owe you. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's not it's not a benefit. 
it's a liability on their part that they are repaying back to you. Yeah. Really that simple. I think another reason why also they say, you know, America is so powerful or, or rich because they have the biggest army. You know, they spend like trillions of dollars on on their military. So they could go to any country and just say, hey, give me your resources or we'll blow you up. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's a pretty... That's, which we, which that's we pretty have good. done. Which we have done, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. no doubt which about it. Which we are it. doing. <laughs> which, yeah. yeah, which they are doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like uh, I got some, I got some friends in Mexico, and they're telling me that uh, this one of the, this guy was driving in his in his truck, and the cartel liked his truck, so they stopped him, put you know, pulled out AKs and said, "Hey, give me your truck." And he didn't even think twice. He's like, "Yeah, you could have it." I didn't. I, I didn't really like that truck, anyways. <laughs> you know, right. Go ahead, you could have it. And that's just the use of force. You know? Yep. <laughs> oh, that goes. Going on too. That goes right back to I, I recommend people watch uh, Confessions of a CIA Agent. Uh, John. Oh gosh. Can't remember his name. But yeah, Confessions of a CIA Agent. And he explains what they do to different countries and things. And as far as, you know, them coming up and say, give me your truck now. Okay, fine. Go read the Libra code. You know, the very first thing I think I ever read before I ever read any statutes or codes or anything is I went through the Libra code and read it. It's like 150, 153 paragraphs. And... It you know, it takes you like 20 minutes to read it. But when you read it, you start to see how they do things that they do and how they get away with it. And, in fact, the uh, Libra Code was even referenced, I think, in the 19, no, in the 2005 Army Field Manual. They are still following it. Yep. The, the Libra Code can only be destroyed two ways. It can only be gotten rid of two ways. One was by executive order or by vote of the people. Neither of those things ever occurred. So when you go back and read the Lieber Code, L-I-E-B-E-R, you'll see how they can pull somebody over and take all their cash away from them or all their gold or anything like that away from them and keep it and never give it back. It's all explained right there. And there's also a way out explained in Lieber Code, and that's in Article 53, and that's what I've used. That's what I've used. That that was the very first thing I ever did, and I've been safe ever since. At least on the roadway, I've been safe. They've not touched me. Is that like safe harbor and passage? Uh, uh, safe harbor and passage, I, I think, is actually in the Law of Nations. But Article 53 of the Lever Code is that if the standing army, which is the military, which is the police force, and a lot of people argue about that, but if you go and read the Army Field Manual as far as uniform, no one can wear stars on their uniform, hash marks, the American flag, anything like that, unless they are part of the military. Well, take a look at your common police officer. What do you see? Those are the things you see. They are the standing army. 
But Article 53 says if the standing army encounters clergy or hospital workers, that they are supposed to not look at them as being um, prisoners of war. Prisoners of war and are supposed to be released unless they decide to stay behind and administer to the other prisoners. Well, as soon as I became ordained through a non-501c3, I started carrying that info with me. And because I would come home from work late at night, it's a bedroom community down here, and so you're considered easy pickings if you're on the road late at night down here. And I was getting pulled over an average of probably five times a month. So like one, one and a half times a week. Well, after I did that for seven, I got pulled over. I gave them my ID that I had from being a uh, clergy. And they looked at it and they said, oh, their eyes perked up. Oh, you're clergy. And I said, yes, thank you very much. How can I help you? They were like, hold on. They would run back to their squad car and they would come back in under a minute. Traffic stops don't last over two minutes for me anymore. They come right back and say, hey, you have a good night. Be safe. See you later. Because I've declared sides. uh... I've declared sides. There's two sides running here in this world, especially in America. You've got the Republic. You've got the Society of God running. And you've got Satan's society. You've got to pick a side. Otherwise, they're going to pick one for you. Period. Right. I saw this. Uh, I saw this immigration uh, stop. I don't, it, it's, it's pretty popular on YouTube. But you know how they, when you're close to the Mexican border, they'll say, uh, you know, are you a U.S. citizen? And the guy brought a Bible and he said. The more important question is, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you have five minutes, I can tell you how you will be saved. <laughs> and when he started saying that, the uh, you know the cops said, okay, you're fine. Just keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I he declared. you seen that one. Oh, send that to me. He declared sides. No, send that to me. I'd like to see that. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, what do you think about the ULC, uh, Universal Life Church? They also do kind of like uh, uh, credentials of ministry. All right, like all right, all right. Universal Life Church. Do you know where they're headquartered at? Washington, D.C.? No, I don't. Utah. I, I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Utah? <laughs> no. Universal Life Church is located in the uh, Church of Satan in New York City. Well, what do you mean the Church of Satan in New York City? Like they're part of the Church <laughs> of Satan? No, they, uh, they moved, uh, from what I heard a couple of years ago, they moved their headquarters into that building. That speaks volumes. I heard something. I, I, I thought that the, the headquarters of the Church of Satan was in San Francisco. Well, well, I'm, well, I don't know if that's the headquarters. I'm sure they've got more than one place. But, no, from what I have heard is that uh, the Universal Life Church moved their headquarters into the Church of Satan's building in New York City. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of other reasons why I think that would make sense. Now, what I became ordained under, which was a non-501c3, was... Um, And he said, universal life church. No, he says, no. Um, just a universal church. It's actually located in Chicago. Universal Church of Life. What I, 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 heard, I heard something about, like, Mooney's or Mooney or, like, the, the, the guy that started it was, like, some North Korean guy or, or something like that. And they're considered Mooney's, like, a big... Something like a big movement in the sixties. Possible. It's possible. No, what I actually went out went under was Universal Ministries. Uh, they're located near Chicago. And if anybody goes into technical sovereignty and just puts in Universal Ministries, it'll pop up, and it'll probably pop up with the site for ordination. I had no problem with doing it myself because I mean my father was one of the assistant pastors for for one of the big TV preachers back in the 70s and uh, my father went on to open up uh, schools because he didn't want kids to be going to public school I, I never spent one day in public school myself and so that's what I was brought up under, and I I never learned any of uh, the corporation's BS or anything like that, other than what was fed to me on TV. So, I mean, I, I had a good foundation when it came to what religion was. I've since learned that religion isn't where it's at. Religion has actually been another way to control mankind. It's been used in our period, and when I say our period, it it goes back to 1611, when King James established the 1611 Bible, and he okayed it, because he brought in like 70 guys that behind closed doors, they set up the King James Bible, and they decided what they were allowed in it, and what they weren't going to be allowed in it. And so when you're you're looking at a Bible that was okayed by a king, uh, to me, okay, you know, people are afraid of one of two things the most. Either they're afraid of their old lady or they're afraid of God. You know what I mean? Well, that's what was used. That's what was done. And that way, that Bible would be ruling over the family and it would tell you, oh, you've got to follow government because government is ordained by God. Well, that's not really how that scripture really read originally. On top of it, there were so many books that should have been put there that they eliminated from there because that really would have told men and women who they are in their relationship to God or in the relationship to their creator. And on top of it, the King James took out the name of God. What? did the Bible say is the most important name, the most powerful name? It's the name of God. So why did the King James take out the name of God and replace it with the word God, which is a trans... It's not a, it's not a transliteration. 
he has nothing to do with the actual work. Correct. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 it wasn't a substitution. No, it was, it was a generic word going in. They totally eliminated his name. Why did they eliminate his name? Because that is the most powerful name there is. And when you scream God and, oh, God, help me, okay, what God are you talking to? I mean, your mind and your intent knows what who you're talking to. That I, I realize. But especially when you look at the nation of the so-called United States of America, and it says it's one nation under God, they don't tell you what God. Whenever any nation is established, whenever a group of people come together and create their nation, they always put up their statues, their paintings, etc., of who their God is. Because they want other nations to know where their power lies. This is who you're fighting against. It's not us. Uh, we're going to show you who you're fighting against. And they put up their statues and paintings and things like that. Okay, go to Washington, D.C., and go and look for a statue or a painting or anything like that of God. And look and see what you find. I I recommend anybody, jump on YouTube, jump on Google, whatever search me engine you like, and try and find what God that they were referring to. Yeah, and also, uh, you know how every dollar bill or quarter says, in God we trust? Right. That actually is a trust account. If the trust account, uh, yeah, yeah, based out of Pennsylvania, I think. All right, how about this? How about this one? If you want to go into, like I said, whatever search engine you want, and look at the different, in God we trust, coins, um, that's predominantly on the front side of the quarter, right? Go and Go and look at those. Go and look at those. Because... In God We Trust, I believe it was prior to, I'm thinking it was either 1980 or 19, sorry, I think it's 1980. Prior to 1980, um, Boyd George Washington was facing In God We Trust. It was in front of him. If you look at the quarters today, In God We Trust, is behind him. Does that say anything to you? Yeah, it says a lot. Um, you know, I'm going to hang up because I am going to try, or actually I'm going to um, use my routing number for the Federal Reserve. I want to do before midnight. So I'm going to go. I love you guys. Sheila, you're anxious to jump on this, aren't you? <laughs> well, I, I have a, a mission. Well, I, I need to get a new phone for somebody. So if I'm going to, and it's 
Friday or tomorrow will be Friday, and I can order it tomorrow with my bill with a credit on it. So I'm gonna go. But I love you guys. I thought you, you know, okay. Sheila, Sheila, that's what I love about you is you're always on a mission. You can find out <laughs> stuff, and you're like, hey, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> and I have, you know what? I have always admired you for that because so many people see stuff and everything, and they're like, oh, that's cool, whatever, and they move along and show pictures of playing kittens. You yep. don't do that. You're like, no, I, I'm on this shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got my routing number down. I'm going to do it and get a couple of new phones because I got some people who need them. My phone's fine, but I'm going to share the love. Uh, yep. you're, you're, you're sure you got the routing number and everything? You know, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all good. Stuff? I'm in Atlanta. Okay. Right. Yeah. I just want to make sure that you've got the correct routing number and everything. Otherwise no, I, I do. No, I, have, uh, I, have, I got a notebook and I wrote it on my first page, so... Uh, I'm not okay, sure if I should cool. use the number on the back of the social. I'm going to use the social, and I'll let you guys know about it uh, the next couple of days. All right. Well, I've been looking at, like, three people in the last two days that are doing it, and it's working. Yeah, I don't, you know, it, it may or may not work. I don't care, but if I time it right and with the holiday on Tuesday, it'll get shipped out to me, and then they can deal with me later. <laughs> well, my issue is that, okay, I gotta go. I'm gonna go because I got I got like eight minutes to pick this, you guys. I love you. I'm gonna say if they say it doesn't work, you have to contact and say you have to tell me why. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye. Cool. It's always good having Sheila on because she's actively doing stuff, and that's what I love. Who is he, Brian? I wasn't on at the beginning of the call. Sorry. Oh, that was uh, Sheila. And she actively does stuff. You know what I mean? And that's what I like. And you know, what, what an experiment... Uh, Go ahead, go go ahead, Cal. There. Yeah, Cal. Yeah, Cal. You have something? Oh, Eric, go ahead. numbers on the bottom part. <clears throat> so it kind of looks like a check. 
uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about just, just treating it like a check and seeing what the bank does. You know, if they accept it or if they bounce it, they reject it. Uh, I'm not sure. Have you, have you heard of somebody trying that, that process? Yeah, actually, Patrick Devine talked about that a lot. And I'm not sure. I think maybe if you go to the search bar and put in files, the word files, you might pull up uh, Patrick Devine's calls. Uh, they're still doing them, even though he just passed away here about a month ago, over a month ago. But, yeah, he talked about that a lot. And, I mean, he was going, and he was fucking like these beats and shit from everywhere outside, laying outside the grocery store or whatever, you know what I mean? And he was running that way. I remember uh, Elon did a video about that. Patrick had a website, and it's called eConcurrent.com, and it has all the files in in there. Yeah, eConcurrent was uh, Patrick Devine's site. You know, I have, like, one objective. My my objective is that we were ordered to get out of her. And when you really look back and research, everything that was happening in the times of Yeshua and John the Baptist and everything is the same exact stuff that's happening today. We are still being subjected to Rome and to Roman law. And so we're supposed to remove ourselves from that. And that that's the way I look at it. And so many people look at the financial aspect, and that's what they go after. And that's never really been what I've been after. My objective has really been to remove myself or the person or whatever it may be from Roman law. At least that's been my intent. So, but as far as the financial things go, you know, they've set up financial stuff to where actually people who have removed themselves, do you think like John Kerry or Hillary or Bill Clinton, do you think these guys all freaking sit and write checks for their utility bills and their cable bills or, you know, for a vehicle? No, they don't. Of course they don't. Because those are all things that are used to weigh everybody down. They've actually known this stuff for a long time. And, you know, we're out here on the outskirts just kind of figuring it out. That's the way I look at it. You still with me, Cal? Yep, I'm here. Uh-huh. You got everybody thinking. <laughs> All right, that's why there's silence. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the main thing, a lot of people stop and think is they're like, oh, my God, well, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? You know what I mean? 
Right. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. Is that, you know, like, for instance, since, you know, I had my accent and everything, is the doctors want me to come in, like, every three months and do a checkup, you know, make sure I'm okay, this and that. So, yeah, I go in and do that. Well, about once a year, uh, the one main doctor was wanting me to go get, like, new x-rays done. Because I wanted to see if, like, bones had shifted. I mean, if you look, for instance, at an x-ray of my leg, okay? X-ray of my leg, you're going to see, like, 30 different screws and pins and stuff in different places there, all right? And the doctor was concerned if any of those had moved or started pulling out or whatever. Well, I think I've told this story before. Um, here about a year ago, I got bit by a brown recluse spider. And my fingers swelled up and all that. And I know how to take care of it. I mean, I, I went and put hydrogen peroxide, food grade water on it, drew out all the poison, this and that and stuff. But uh, my girlfriend wanted me to freaking go to the doctor. You got to go to the doctor. You need to go to the emergency room right now. I don't know. Especially because I use my hands for my work because I'm a casino dealer. And I went in and they checked it all out. They said, well, you've really done a good job. They said, you've, you've done exactly probably what we would have done. There's nothing we can do for you. And then they brought in... <laughs> Uh, somebody from the hospital, from the financial department. Uh, this woman comes in. She's wearing a skirt outfit and everything with a vest. And, I mean, it's just, she looks professional. And she comes in, sits down. She opens up her briefcase and her computer and everything. And she says, okay, um, we need to determine, since you don't have any immediate insurance, uh, how you're going to be taking care of this. And I said, well, to tell you the truth, I, I stay in the private. And she said, oh, okay. She said, well, who do you live with? I, I said, I live with my girlfriend. She said, well, what's her name? I said, her name is my girlfriend. And she looked at me, kind of cross-eyed, and I said, like I said, I stay in the private. And she said, oh, now I understand what you're saying. She closed up her computer, her briefcase and everything, got up and wowed her cute little butt out of there. Um, about two months later, my doctor wanted me to go get x-rays done to make sure these screws and pins stuff hadn't moved or anything. And it's one major hospital that runs a lot of the hospitals in Southwest Florida. It's Lee Memorial Health Center. And I went in, and I had a prescription from my doctor. I have to get x-rays done. And I went to their main hospital. I didn't bother with one of the smaller ones because I knew it was going to happen. And I gave them the prescription to get um, x-rays done. And the clerk goes, and she types everything in, and I see her kind of squinting. I said, what are you looking at? 
she said, it says here that you operate in the private. And I said, yeah, that's correct. Why? And she said, hold on a second. She grabbed a piece of paper. She wrote something on it and slid it over to me. And she said, go here. It was about two blocks away. Now, if I had had x-rays done at that main hospital, it was about $2,600. If I remember correctly. Uh, she served that piece of paper over to me and she said, go here. It's about two blocks away. Went out, got in the car, went over there. And there was nobody, a, a small little building, small place. Nobody sitting in the waiting room or anything. Um, I gave her what the main hospital had given me. I said, I'm sorry, they told me I need to come here to have some x-rays done. And she said, that's no problem. About five minutes later, she called me out. And she said, okay, we're ready for you. They went, they did the x-rays that need to be taken. Uh, the x-ray specialist kind of knew the majority of the x-rays. I told him, I said, no, you need to do a sunrise x-ray. So I showed him how to do a sunrise x-ray on my leg. I went back out and the woman said, okay. You can pick up your x-rays tomorrow. And she said, that's going to be 65 bucks. You know what? I don't think I've ever pulled 65 bucks out of my pocket so fast in my life. That was unbelievable to me. $65 compared to like $2,600 if I went to the main hospital. To me, that was one of my first signs that I was operating in the private instead of the public. That amazed me. Couldn't, couldn't you have, uh, couldn't you have like, done this? Go ahead, Cal. What affidavit did you use to show ID that you were in the private? I didn't show any ID. I showed zero ID. My first experience at the hospital. Beg your pardon? You just told them that you were private and that was it? Yeah. Yeah, I said I operate in the private. I, I did not furnish any ID. Couldn't you have done the 1099C and uh, discharged the debt? The twenty six hundred. That sounds like more of a pain in the ass than what I freaking did with just <laughs> talking. Yeah, correct. But like, let's say that nurse didn't know about that other place, or you know, you were just kind of stuck with the bill. You, you know, let's say you didn't have an option essentially. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that stuff because you know all of that stuff falls under. Uh, people that are doing like the UCC one and the UCC three addendum and all that, and for some reason that just has not ever felt right to me. I I've never felt like the real living man or woman needs to do that crap. Okay, Cal. 
So would right. that would that, work, would, would that work with but, a dentist also? A dentist office? I don't know. I've not used a dentist office. Uh, now, now, if you want to talk about dental stuff, uh, I'll give you something really short and quick here that you can do. Because I had a lot of dental problems at one point. Um, people need to look up Willard water. You put one drop per ounce. Okay, you got a 10-ounce bottle, you put 10 drops. Um and that stuff is awesome. And you use food grade H2O2, which is food grade hydrogen peroxide. You use the same thing, one drop per ounce. And that's all I freaking drink. That's why I switched to my mouth. And I used to have a lot of dental problems. I, I used to have freaking teeth hurting all the time. My teeth don't hurt anymore. Hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide and mineral water? Yeah, it's food grade hydrogen peroxide. Food grade hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide. Food grade. Right. Okay. Right. You're going to want to look for that at like a health food store. Uh, not GNC, but a real health food store. And you also want to go find. You're also going to find um, Willard water. Say that again. What kind of water? Willard water. Lillard? Willard with a W. Willard water. Yep. And Willard water, you use the same thing. One drop per ounce. 10-ounce bottle, 10 drops. And was that was that, that for, like, cavities? Oh, it takes care of cavities. Um, it got rid of uh, allergies I had. I have allergies, like, for instance, cats. I've got cats around me. I, my eyes get all red. I can't breathe. It's horrible. Well, right now, I probably have two cats that have just had babies, and they're all over me all the time. I have no problem anymore. And you would just switch it around your mouth, right? Or or would you drink it? I do both. I switch it around my mouth and then drink it. And swallow it. Oh, wow. Yep, it's great stuff. It 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 blew it blew my mind because I didn't expect it to do what it did. I said, "Well, okay, I'll do it and see what happens." See what happens. And, but then when I quit having any allergies, I was like, "Holy shit!" It it blew my mind. So it wasn't a psychosomatic situation. Well, did you do this uh, once a day, twice a day? Um, well, I drink, I drink probably about 20 ounces a day. Sorry, what do I do? I mean, we should probably drink at least 60 or 80 ounces of good water every day. 
Uh, I make sure. What what was the mixture like? Fifty percent Willard and fifty percent peroxide, or was it like twenty eighty? No, it's one drop per ounce. So if you have a ten ounce bottle, you put ten drops in. And you go to the health food store and get like a little chopper, chopper thing or whatever you need to do. Have to try that out. Oh, it's freaking incredible! And the thing is too, like with the um, hydrogen peroxide water, what you're really doing. Is you're putting oxygen back into your into your organs again? You're reoxygenating your organs, and that's been the problem the whole time. Is that people are not getting the oxygen back into their into their organs anymore? Yeah, I, I highly recommend the uh, food grade hydrogen peroxide. And you can also buy it as, it's, it's called uh, cell food. You can buy something called cell food. And those are drops that you can buy at um, a health food store. But you can make your own just purchasing um, food grade hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, that sounds like good stuff there. It's really good. Hey, you've got kids that have um, different allergies or things like that? That's the shit right there. There are so many children now being born that have allergies and all sorts of stupid stuff. Yeah, that's what you have to use. So, as far as the um, the what was that? The Treasury Direct. Has anybody had like success? You know, figuring that one out. The Treasury Direct account. Well, like I said, there's. I've seen this over the years. A lot of people have had a lot of success. And I've got, like, three members of the group that African uh, had accounts that it says they're paid off. And they're going on, like, three days now. So, And they, they said they'll come back and let us know if it gets rejected. But so far, it's been approved. So, with, 
are they is, is one of the requirements to get that working is is it is one of the requirements to fill out like a UTP one? Not that functional. Fill out a what? Uh the UCC one form. No. I don't think so. I think that's BS. I think I, I mean, think this, I, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brian. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was thinking about a different topic. No, I. I've seen limited success with people doing doing that stuff, doing the UCC and all that. I I, I just see limited success, and I really think that. These are things that uh, the average man or woman can do if they know about it. I think one of the main topics is like the private versus the public, like dealing in the private compared to dealing in the public. And I think the UCC one helps you, you know, separate yourself from the public. Oh, that's possible. I mean, now. You can separate uh, you from the, the corporation if you want. I mean, I did that. I, I and I I didn't bother with UCC to do it. I mean, because the UCC just goes straight to the Secretary of State. So I contacted the Secretary of State and sent the Secretary of State a letter saying who and what I am. You just have to do it correctly. Too many people do it so wrong. God, I see so many letters people people make up. They send me, they say, oh, what do you think of this or that? It's like, oh, my God, that is so bad. You know. <laughs> what, what are some of the, what are some of the things that they, that they put, <laughs> roughly? <laughs> okay. Uh, things that they write that are wrong. Um, they say, I am a living man. Uh, duh, sure you are. <laughs> I I am not this. I am not that. Okay. What people need to realize is that when you're dealing with them, we're dealing with Satan. We're we're dealing with a fictional. A, a totally different freaking entity, okay? That does not recognize does not recognize the world that we're in, but we're trying to use this world to communicate, and you can't do that. You understand know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Well, they're operating in a different tense. And when I say a tense, you have to understand what the grammatical word of tense is. It's like time, place, et 
cetera. So you cannot talk about I am, I am not. You got to throw all that crap out the window. And um, you have to say things like, I am without the ability of, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Can you expand on that a little bit more? <clears throat> well, without saying um, I am not this, you say I am without being this. I'm without being this. Um, I am incapable of this or that. Um, instead of saying, I'm not in the United States, you say, um, I'm not able to be in the United States. How how are you not being able to? Or you, or, or you say, I'm void of the ability of being within the United States. How are you void it, of the it, 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 it's all a freaking negative affirmation. You have to understand what a negative affirmation is. Kind of like not guilty. No, beneath. You're beneath. If you have anything to do with the United States, beneath. You're dead. You're buried. You're defeated. Negative. I'm I'm void of being guilty. I'm without the ability of being guilty. Does that make any sense? It, it's kind of, it's a different language. It, it really is a different language. I'm not able to be. Yeah, it can be kind of confusing, but once you learn the language they use, it, actually, you go and read some of the stuff they write and you see it. It becomes plain as day. They they never say, I am not, or anything like that. Or I will not. Or I do not believe in. 
that. They use different language for it. And people may realize that, you know, if you're dealing with, like, the Chinese and trying to talk to the Chinese, well, then you've got to talk to them in a way they comprehend things. Sorry, go ahead, bro. I got, oh, I'm, um, listening. I'm listening. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, the young ladies that would, uh, they're, they're like, uh, like I said, 19, 20 years old. They, um, would have to file a, a affidavit of abandonment to instead of doing the authenticated process, or do they still have to go through the authenticated process because they're now of the age of 1920? Well, I would recommend everybody do the uh, authentication. What's the benefit of that? Okay. And that's confusion a lot of people have. Gosh. The authentication actually you're changing the jurisdiction. And uh, you can pull it then into the unincorporated jurisdiction. You're, you're taking it out of the corporation. Uh, I would recommend everybody go go read uh, 28 U.S.C. 1733. I'll say that again. 28 U.S.C. 1733. Because what that does is it turns it into the original. A lot of people are like, oh, you can't get the original of your or certificate or any document or no, it's all bullshit. Go so read eight or twenty-eight USC seventeen thirty-three. When it is properly authenticated, it is the original. Well, you have to look at what ownership is. Ownership consists of two things, possession and control. Well, you don't have control until you have possession. Well, under 28 U.S.C. 1733, you've got possession. Which means you've got control. There's so many people out here that I think are really on the side of the U.S. government, U.S. Inc. And they don't want to... Again? I, didn't, I didn't catch... What was that? I didn't catch that question. What's that? 
what you just no, said. Yeah, the last thing. Uh, 18 USC? No, you said something like uh, there's a lot of people on here that are on the side of the government or something like that. Right. There's a lot of people that are on the side of U.S. Inc. that don't want us to have control of the organization. Because that's how they're controlling everybody. Yeah. I mean, God, when they turn you into court, uh, they don't want to know who you are. They want to know who you're representing. And if you're representing that organization, you're screwed. You're fucked. Uh, I'm sorry. You're fucked, I mean. <laughs> that was a good save. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't use that language. I meant use a use a fart. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're using something you really shouldn't be. You're using something that was created by the state. And that's how they can use a fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and they usually are use a fuck you. Oh, they'll use a fuck you every chance they can. <laughs> Twice on Sunday, if you let them. Yeah. I mean, they they fucking trick you every chance they get. They trick you with their words. They trick you with everything, man. You want to be the trick or you want to get tricked? You're getting tricked out, man. (laughs) That's what people don't get. They're getting tricked out. By stupid little words. Because they didn't go and freaking really research and learn what this shit means. You know, how come, well, especially down here, I'll tell you what, down here in Southwest Florida. Uh, there's been times where I've just had stupid stuff to do at court, but so I'll go in and I'll sit and I'll listen into some things that they do. And so many times I hear them say, you need a translator? Because we've got a lot of people down here from uh, Mexico and other different countries. They're like, do you need a translator? Well, I think everybody should require a translator when they go to court. I really do. I, I have thought that since the beginning of researching all this shit. Because they're using a totally different language against everybody. Damn straight, I need a translator. Do you have one that can freaking explain uh, legalese? So I don't get checked. So I don't get checked out. What do they say when you when you when you do that? Say, hey, I need a translator for legalese. They can't provide one, right? 
Well, I've never been in a position where I've done that. Uh, that's just looking looking back at my experiences at court. And because I, I know what it really is. Well, they're trying to think that we've got a lot of Spanish people down here and stuff, so that's where they're presenting it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, if I ever... If I have a chance in the future, which I hope I don't, yeah, that's what I would use. Yeah, any ad translator. So no, I, I don't know what they would really do or what they do, because I've never seen anybody do it. I'd love to see somebody do it. That'd make a great YouTube. If anybody sees one of those YouTubes like that, send it to me. I'd love to see it. Oh, oh no. I guess uh, we're about ready to wind down. You guys have any more questions or conversation? I, I, I was looking for, for um, like, Brett Jones on, on the... Um you know, on, on, on the Facebook, uh, what does he look like? Uh, his profile picture, like physically, what, what, what does he kind of look like? You won't, you won't find him. You won't find him oh, on Facebook. Okay. Um, oh. you're, only, you're, you're only going to find him on EN2 on YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you find him there? I found him. I, yeah, I found his YouTube channel. Yeah, but I, I thought he had a Facebook. Um, but uh, there are so many different threats that I, I didn't know what he looked like. Well, he, yeah, uh, uh, he, he's a member of Legal Deception, and he's a member of Jackal Sovereignty. But you're not gonna find him. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know he's trying. To, he's, he's trying to stay in the private. Yeah, exa- exactly. He's he's there, but you're not gonna see And it's one of the things that cracks me up too with him is that I mean, there's stuff that I'll put out, and it's like two months later. He starts talking about it like it's brand new shit. It's like, dude, I put that out like a year ago, man. I put that out so so long ago. But no, that's cool because you know he's putting the information out for everybody, and I love that. You know, that's what it should be. Yeah, for sure, man. Try to try to fight these guys because. Uh... These guys have have a chip on their shoulder. They have like a special immunity. It's kind of sad. You know, these these thugs that they that we're dealing with. Well, they think they do. You know what I mean? They well, they really don't. Yeah. Well, just just I've been seeing some cases, and like there's I recently watched this case where this 
this guy was giving up, you know, this cop, you know, I got on him and the dude was laying down and this cop just soccer kicked this dude's jaw. And um, it was obvious he wasn't a threat or anything like that. The guy ended up getting $15,000 for getting soccer kicked in the jaw and the cop ended up getting 230000 to resign. So, I mean, who really won there? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I've seen a bunch of different cases where, like, the jury finds the cop guilty of homicide or murder. And the cops usually only get, like, three months in jail, three or four months. You know, where, you know, if you were a non-cop, you know, non-cop or non-police, you get, like, 15 to 30 years for life. But these cops, they get, like, 30 days, you know, 60 days jail. You know, so oh, I, yeah, it's incredible. Know, that, that looks... Yeah, that looks like immunity to me. You know what I mean? That, that I don't know what you would call that. You know, some people would be like, oh, yeah, he was found guilty. But what was the sentence? What was the sentence? Was it 15 days? Oh, jail? here's the problem. The problem is they're being attacked from the wrong direction. They're being attacked as, say, for instance, a police officer. They're being attacked from the position of being a police officer. Okay, screw that. They need to be attacked from the position of being a living man or woman. All right? Because as a police officer, what they did, they were operating outside of the capacity of a police officer, which means they were acting as an actual individual. You know where I'm going? Right. That's why so many right. people so, lose. So. That's why they lose. That's why people lose in court. So how would you how would you go that route though? How would you say you know you know forget the part that he's a cop. Just remember that he's a guy. I would sue the guy. Don't sue the police officer. Sue the guy. Because well, I think most of the time they they trust they do that. So. Well, I they sue the trust, you know, the corporate account. I, I've never seen right. an actual case where they sue the living man. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen any case law on that yet. They and that's that why they lose. Man. That's why they lose because they're suing them in their corporate capacity. And what they did, they were operating outside their corporate capacity, which means. They were operating as a man or woman. It's all about vastly status and standing. They were not operating in the capacity of a police officer because they were not. So they were operating the in their. They were operating right. in their private capacity when they should have been operating in their public capacity. Right. So you sue them. You sue them in their private capacity. Exactly. Okay. How come nobody has done that before, though? I mean, at least I haven't seen that. Because they're all, every, everybody's trying to fight it. Follow constitutional crap. And the constitution has nothing to do with this. And that's another conversation. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because these courts, they just focus on the 
on the corporate. You know, they just see the corporate account, the birth certificate. I mean, if it was back in the day, like some places, like I heard Guatemala over there, if you're found guilty, the whole tribe or the whole city would just like set you on fire. <laughs> you know, they'll yeah. just come to your house and drag you out and say, hey, man, you're guilty. You know, and that's what they do. They'll straight up set, you know, set you on fire. I have I have buddies down there, and uh, they say that there there isn't that much crime in small towns because that's that's the jury over there. You know, once you're found guilty, it's game over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, g- give me like two minutes to walk away here. Who's still on the call? You guys are so quiet. Chelsea, are you taking notes? Must be gone. Where did Brian go? Our note taker, man. There goes there goes our note taker. Uh, he said he's going for a walk. You he said he's going for a walk. So he 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 went out. He left. No, he said he's gonna be back in two minutes. Okay. This is another good show. You guys still talking? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Now I want everybody to realize. Anybody that thinks about this. We're talking about the private capacity and public capacity of any so-called public servant, which I want everybody to realize. These people that we see, whether they are code enforcement, whatever, they are not public servants. They are servants of the United Nations. And you go back to December 9th of 1945, and you'll find that all offices, right down to the municipal, were turned over to the United Nations. And that's why I hate when I hear all these people talking about, oh, we got to kick out the United Nations. Wait a minute. They don't realize we are the United Nations. Or if you want to say we, the United States is the United, is the United Nations. Period. So if you're going to kick out the United Nations, we got to kick out this whole administration. Which that, I couldn't agree with more. But they don't realize that. So when somebody says they're like a public servant, is it not true that every municipality has a EIN, has it done in Bradstreet, and thus it makes them a, a, a private corporation? Yeah, of course, they are all private corporations. And how, how do they wave that card? How, how, how is it that they wave that card of immunity saying, hey, you know, you can't yell at me or intimidate me or else that's a felony. You know, you're yelling at a public servant. You know, that's a federal offense. They don't have any immunity. What are you talking about? 
Why do they think they have immunity? Well, like, like for example, when you're dealing with a cop, there, there are things that you're, you're messing with a public servant. Or like when you go to like the city hall or you go to, you know, the court clerk, you know, and, and it has, there, there are signs everywhere in the court that says if you intimidate a public servant, that's a felony. You ever seen those? No, I haven't. Um, but what do you mean by intimidate? You mean if we hold you to your regulations? Well, we hold you to- yeah, and you're you're right. You're right, Brian. Who knows what what they they mean? You know, you could have a scaredy cat uh, clerk that says, "Oh, he raised his voice and thus I'm intimidated," and all of a sudden, you know, you're you're a felon. You know, they could charge you with a felon right then and there. All right, I got a question for you. How about this? <coughs> Sorry, it's still in my throat. Um, how about this? Um, a public servant wants to have a conversation with you, wants to ask you something, whether it's a police officer or whoever it is. So you ask them. Number one, are you a public servant representing the United States of America? And they say, yeah. So my second question would be, so whatever you say, the United States of America will be held to. Is that correct? Think about that for a second. What was the question again? The second part. What was the one you just said? The second part of the question is, so whatever you say to me, the United States of America will be will be held to. Is that correct? Question mark. It will be held to. So whatever you say, the, the, the U.S. corporation will be liable for, essentially. Bingo. So whatever you say to me as a, as a public servant, United States, Inc. will be liable to... All right. Right. You think they'll like that? Well, I, I would think that, first of all, like, I would think that, uh, you know, these, these law enforcers, you know, their IQ is so low that they don't, they, they don't even know what you're talking about. You know, they're, they're just thinking about the, Red, white, and blue flag. So that wouldn't. Well, if they're thinking about the red, white, and blue flag, if they're thinking about the red, red and blue flag, let me tell you something. Then they are resentful of it, and they are liable to everything they say and, and do. I'll tell you what. When I'm at work, anything on my freaking gambling table that I tell people, guess what? My word is backed up by the establishment, period. And so whatever these freaking corporate officers want to do out on the road, guess what? They are speaking for the U.S. Inc. And the U.S. Inc. is liable for everything they say. They, they're not aware of that. But guess what? 
they don't want to freaking admit that the U.S. Inc. will be liable for what they do or say because they don't want to be put in that spot. Now, would you say that to like a court official, or who would you would you say that to? I w- I would say that to anybody that anybody that wants to talk to me. Is is USA liable for everything you say to me? But prior to that, you would you would probably have to do some filing with the Secretary of State saying I'm not liable no. to that. No, corporation. no, no, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I mean, as long as it's being recorded or have them put it in writing, yeah. So, U.S. Inc. is is liable for everything you do and say to me. If you're holding me to U.S. Inc. rules and regulations, they're liable for everything you do and say. Can I have you sign that? How much stuff do you think that? How much? How much stuff do you think that would shut down? Well, what I've what I've what I've experienced in my personal experience is it's just cops are just these bullies with guns. They don't know contract law. They just know what they're taught in academy. Say, you know, license, insurance, and proof of registration. Besides that, they don't know anything else. They don't know the difference between traveling and driving. Um, so I, I think that that's why a lot of people are. I have failures. I've seen a lot of videos where people have a really good information where they say, hey, according to, you know, this case, uh, you know, Duns versus Battle, uh, you know, you can't license a, a right. You know, so they have really good information. You know, so it's like Supreme Court law, Trump state law, and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, they, they get their windows busted out. They get, you know, arrested. They get deprived of their rights. Um you know, things like that. <clears throat> so I think it all starts there, you know, and, the, and these, you know, these cops are well, just they, like uh, crybabies, you know what I mean? They get their buzzer windows out and shit like that that happens with them on the roadside because they're trying to hold court at roadside. You can't hold court at roadside. I'm going to tell you. Right. This is, this is what I've done. All I know is what I've done. All you can do is put stuff into the court ahead of time. If there's a case coming up for whatever reason, you have to let the courts know who and what you are ahead of time. And even beyond that, even if there is no court case coming up, I have put stuff into the freaking record to the courts, to the chief magistrate, and that's what people need to realize that there is a chief judge. Uh, there may be a chief judge who is in charge of like three or four counties where you live. You need to send him something and let him know who and what you are and who and what you are not. And you also send that to the Secretary of State. 
And that fixes a lot of problems way ahead of time. That way you never get What judge court. did you say? What judge did you say that was? Superior court. The, the chief judge. There is a chief judge who is in charge of all the other judges. In the state uh, or city? No, so, uh, he may be in charge of like three or four different counties. He's the top judge. You want to find where the chief judge is? You know, uh, when I first started looking, I, I wanted to do Michigan where I was born, but I first started looking for Florida, and I spent a whole day looking around. And, in fact, I had to even look into pictures, pictures that were taken by the uh, story administrators. And I saw somebody that was labeled, oh, this guy's the chief judge. And, okay, so I looked into him. I found, oh, this is the guy that is the top dude. And that's what I sent my shit to. Because he's the one that decides who looks looks at what cases and this and that. He's a top dog. And that's who you want to send your info to. And I looked around for a while finding him. And then once I looked into Michigan where I was born, it was really easy to find because I knew where to look. Was it all of that that was on that list you had? Beg your pardon? Was that uh, what you sent to, to that judge, the chief judge, or this, that list of uh, documents that you had? Yeah. I sent him my declaration of status and the declaration of status so the declaration of status had um, all the exhibits that went with it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, let's very much let him know that I was not a resident. Da da da. What do you think about credit? Go go ahead, Cal. Go ahead, Cal. No, I was just saying I was. Um, we're going to start on that list here shortly. All right. You've got that list. What do you think up? about? Brian, what what do you think about like uh, you know people that are trying to get like a good credit score and kind of, you know, max out their credit cards and stuff like that. Like what's your take on that? Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? Tell you the truth. I don't really even worry about that. I care lots about that shit. I mean, that, that, that stuff that the freaking federal reserve is doing. I care less about the federal reserve. Here's my thing with them, 
is that if they can't freaking give up with the claim, then they they have nothing. I mean, I've been in court, and I've I've asked them. I said, okay, where's your proof of claim? You, number one, you're an attorney, and under Cincy versus Pegley, um, you you have no standing. But aside from that. Uh, do you show me the contract? Where's the contract between me and you? You don't have that? Oh, sorry. Is it why am I even here? Why are you bringing this to this court? In fact, uh, judicial administrator, and I, I really think that there's some fraud going on here. You need to look into it. It's total freaking fraud. It's total freaking fraud, and people need to bring that to the judicial administrator's freaking attention. That's that's my belief. But people are too afraid. They're too scared. Yep. But I, I think there's also another group of people that are kind of attempted, taking advantage of, you know, the, of, of how it has the system has its flaws. You know, like um, like you were saying earlier, uh, to get uh, a credit card discharge is like, you know, kind of a simple process. You know, so why not, you know, just get a bunch of credit cards. <laughs> you know, buy some gold with that, or buy some. Uh, a silver or buy some, I don't know, firearms or uh, whatever, whatever you're in, and then discharge it. Well, that could be done. That's what, right. You know, that's what, that's what a lot of rich people are doing. You know, like, you know, Donald Trump, I think he's had how many bankruptcies? Like 13 or 11 bankruptcies? You know, multi-million dollar I was going to say 13, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he just maxes out the credit, you know, and then says, hey, you know what, guys? Uh, it's just going downhill. It's just bankrupt. You know, but, but he still has all the whatever he bought, you know, whatever he bought, um, buildings. Whatever. So why... why so why... why He's the president, right? Uh, the, he's the CEO, correct? All right. So why why aren't the American people doing that? <laughs> you remember? Uh, you remember? Hollywood. You do you remember when uh, he was in a debate with Hillary Clinton, and Hillary Clinton said to him, "She said, well, you don't pay any taxes, do you?'" And he looked at her and he said, that's because I'm smart. Right. He said, that's because I'm smart. Well, you know what? What does that make the rest of American people? Dumbasses. He's been saying that all through his campaign, so that ain't it. Nobody should be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody else is dumbasses. Got to wake up, guys. You don't have to do this I mean, crap. Yeah. 
uh, people that that willingly pay or you have to you have to look at your options. You know, if there's well, not try to lose your health. You know, through income. <laughs> but he's right, though. He's very right what he said, though. I think. Yeah, well, go look up uh, Sherry Jackson Peel. She's a member of our group. She'll tell you. Well, she did serve in jail for like, what, five years? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, but she figured it out. Yeah, she Sherry Jackson Peel, she, she's a member of Tactical Sovereignty. Really? Wow. Is she active on it? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, she just did that big conference up in um, uh, Idaho, uh, not Idaho, in Montana. She just did that big conference up in Montana that G.W. Griffin sponsored. I would suggest everybody go check that out. It's like audio uh, or? Oh, yeah. Oh, video, too. Yeah, you know G.W. Griffin is, right? What that? You know who uh, G.W. Griffin is, right? W. Griffin, no. Uh, he did. Uh, he wrote the book, um, A Creature from Jekyll Island. Oh, yeah, I heard about that one. Yeah, the, he uh, just... Federal Reserve. Yeah, he just sponsored this whole event. Wow. Yeah, it was a great event. There was a bunch of great speakers that were there. And I recommend anybody go for Ken, listen to a bunch of the speakers that were there. It was great information. Can you, can you share, can you, can you like share like the link to it? I, I shared that to freaking Tactical Sovereignty like a week ago. Right after okay. the event got done. Right after it got done, I shared it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that was a freaking great, great event. Yeah, she's a warrior, man. She really is. You know, I I think they really, uh, I think they really hit the hammer on her. You know, that long for. Well, you know what? I I I, I sure. Uh, she she did a banner, but I couldn't find it, so I made my own. Mm-hmm. But the banner said, essentially, if stealing 100% of a man's labor is slavery, at what percentage is it not slavery? Right. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the total right. truth right there. I think another tax warrior was like killed. Like uh, I'm not sure it was Peter Schiff or his dad, but uh, he was also killed in jail. I think shackled up to his like bed, some crazy shit like that. Yeah, yeah. His dad, uh, Schiff. You know, Schiff was freaking. He was an awesome information translator for everybody. He really was, and you know. In his last days, his son wanted him to come home. But they wouldn't let him come home because his son had guns in the home. Well, the thing was, you know, 
dictatorship, there was no way he was able to even operate a weapon if he wanted to. Yeah, he was just so old, right? Yeah. And that was... Oh, my God. I, I think we're going on a year now. I think it was last June or... You know what? It it really broke my heart when Peter Schiff died. Yeah, it's sad. I was, reading, I, I was reading it about that a few months ago, and it's real sad. Yeah, it crushed my heart. I mean, I, 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 I sat here and cried. I really did cry. Because he was a great man. He really was a great man. And what they did to him was so horrible. Yeah. It's pretty cool that his son looks like he picked up the throne and kept, you know, kept on going. Uh, you know, I haven't seen so much, too much work of what he's done, but he's still keeping up kind of the legacy in a way. Um, Peter Schiff is, uh, uh, he's kind of following the cabal. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And that, it, it breaks my heart. He's, he's kind of following the cabal. He sold out. Yeah, it's like he sold out, exactly. That, that hurts my heart. It really does hurt my heart. But. Like Randy Paul, right? You know, Randy Paul. Ron Paul? Randy Paul? Um, well, Ron Paul and then his son was Randy, right? Randy Paul? Oh, Ron Paul. Was his son. Yeah. Well, you know what? Whether it was Ron Paul or not, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Really? You didn't like Ron Paul too much? No, it's, uh, they're all on the same side. They're all on the same side of the ball. Hmm. Hate to tell people that, but yeah. He was just kind of, he was just like, like, selling the idea of, of like, freedom, but he really wasn't into it, essentially. Right. Well, you know, we got to have people on this side, we got to have people on that side. Mm. And And let's keep everybody fighting with each other. I, I did see like a lot of like weird things that were happening during during his like election. Like he was like third place, and and all the uh, news news uh, agencies would just jump his name. They're like, well, in first place we got this person, in second place we got this person, and in fourth person, fourth place we got this person. <laughs> so they would just like skip his name, <laughs> which I thought was was pretty funny. Oh yeah, exactly. All right, he guys. publicly said that. Oh, okay. No, go ahead. And he publicly said he wanted to end like the Fed, and he wanted to end like a lot of different things, which was, you know, pretty interesting as well. Oh, you're right. And that's what he said, and that's what should have been done. Uh, that really should be done, but it won't be done. It won't be done. 
and he's still alive, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, guys. Hey, good conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Good night, good night. Appreciate it. Hey, Cal. Oh, thank you. I was going to see if I can get Tim to come on one day. Tim Dameron? Yeah. Um, I can probably get him to come on. Okay. I told him I was going to call him today, and I got caught up with an appointment, and then I had to go to some games, so I didn't get back to him. Uh, that'll work. I appreciate it. Well, Eon, if, if you look at Eon's calls uh, a couple of days ago, uh, Eon was talking about Tim Damron. I don't know if you heard or not. No, I didn't hear what happened. Oh, uh, he, he was just playing. Well, he started out saying he thought Tim was bullshit. And then he went on to say that no, Tim was correct. <laughs> and uh, uh, <clears throat> during that call, Tim and I were talking. So, I mean, we're, uh, Tim is a good guy. I, in my opinion. He hasn't made a lot of good choices regarding certain things, but he's trying. Put it that way. He's trying to do the right thing. Is his knowledge good? That's what I need to know. Uh, His knowledge is as good as anybody else's is. I mean... He's gone out and researched and checked stuff. And how many other people have gone out and really researched and checked stuff? Um, That's all I'm looking for. All all you can do with him or whoever else it is, is look at the information they've got and weigh into it. How do you approve of it? Do you think it's correct? Right. Have you already looked in? Do you think it's straight up? I mean, it, you have to do your own freaking research to see what they're bringing forward. They're wrong with that. That's the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. Acquire the knowledge and do what it, as you will. Exactly. Yep, you got it, bro. So that that's why I keep uh, that's why I keep picking picking his brains because his brains ain't never led me astray yet. Oh, he's a good guy. Yes, right. I have no problem with that. Absolutely not. Right. All right, my hey, guy. you know, I'm, 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 I'm
we all have to research each other. You know what I mean? Right. Good night, bro. Good night. Good night. Have a good night, y'all. Catch you guys.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.